the storm and the rain So much pressure, heartache, so much pain yeah. I've been broken into pieces, maybe more hey. And some nights I made my bed right on the floor Woo. The enemy really tried to take me out yeah. Hit me with his dash and knock me down Another Friday.
had to pull this one back up. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Y'all know how we do it. Take it up in praise. It's to our God. Every word of worship. It's one of God. Every praise. Every praise. It's to our God. Come on, everybody. Sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. Glory hallelujah. Every praise. Every praise. God my savior, God my healer, God my deliverer. Yes, he is. What a way to kick off the Friday morning by giving God some praise. In the sanctuary, and we give you glory and honor and praise. Come on, come on. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. We lift our hands. Happy Friday. We made it. And we will praise you for the rest of our days. Yes, we will praise you for the rest of our days. Come on, 
It is 10 after the top of the hour. Coming up, we have the headlines. Come on. Kurt Carr and the Kurt Carr Singers in the Sanctuary. Here is Diedrich Haddon, Love Him Like I Do. We started it off with every praise, Hezekiah Walker. Friends, listen to these words, see God save me from myself when no one else was around. And it was only by His grace, His mercy, His favor, cause I know I don't deserve Here's a little Yolanda Adams. I'm trying to squeeze these songs in. It is praise and worship. You're inside the Friday mix. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee in Tow. We got the victory. Yes, indeed. to bring our heart rate down a little bit trust me you don't feel bad for dancing to these songs praise him like david with dance here is kirk franklin imagine me imagine you imagine me Place of no insecurities, and I'm finally happy. Letting go of all the ones who hurt me, 
because they never did deserve me. Can you imagine me? Saying no? Let go of everyone that has hurt you. They did not deserve you. Say no to thoughts that try to control you. Remember who you are. Let go of what your mama said. What your daddy said. What Pookie and M said. Let it go. favor check your bank account for me please and let me know if your balance changed because of what somebody else thought about you amen amen Take your power back, people. Do not give anyone authority over your life. You control your destiny. Yes, those words may hurt. But do not let them cripple you. Let your heart dance, folks. As a matter of fact, don't just turn the page. Shut that damn book that they wrote about you. You deserve to be free, free from whatever it is that is holding you down, holding you back. And remember, you're the one that's allowing that. The song is dedicated to people like me. Those that struggle with insecurities, acceptance, 
and even self-esteem. You never felt good enough. You never felt pretty enough. But imagine God whispering in your ear, letting you know that everything that has happened is now. this part of the song. I don't know why. <laughs> it's all gone, folks. Let it go. And it is time for us to go ahead and get started. Gotta let you know what we're going to be talking about today. Headlines, stories from around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in for Praise and Worship. One cup of coffee Morning to all of our listeners around the world. Thank you for logging on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Friday, May the 12th. Somebody got a birthday coming up. Freestyle Fridays in the mix. There's also Mother's Day coming up. Ah, thank you so much for joining me for Coffee in Tow. World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. You can follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, moments with me media. And here's what we have coming up for you today out of the Caribbean corner in Antigua. Oh my gosh. I had to read this like three times. I'm like, hold on. Let me not say read. I had to blink three times. I'm like, am I seeing this right? But lawyers for Angela Bassett issue a cease and desist letter. Desist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. U.S. announces measures to deter Caribbean migrants from illegal entry. In Jamaica, no pussy footing. When was the last time you heard that term? Well, Speaker Marissa Philibert outlaws use of word in the lower house. And you can't take Marianne Harlow to the Queen of Dance Hall. There, forget about that. I think she's struggling. Whatever. I'm going to get into it. In Latin America, tens of thousands at U.S. border as Title 42 migrant policy ends on the international scene. Now, somebody pinch me and you know what? Stop it. Stop it, moment. Stop it. He without sin cast the first stone. So let me stop it. Pope Francis is receiving backlash 
for referring to sexual predators as children of God who deserve love. Child, child, I'm trying to hold it together. Really, I'm trying. Okay, move past it. One dead and 30 injured in new wave of unrest in Senegal and South Africa investigating U.S. charge of supplying arms to Russia. In news of out of North America, we got so much going on in this country. This is America. Oh, my God. Mother of the six-year-old who shot the Virginia teacher is willing to take responsibility. Teacher screams after getting pepper sprayed for confiscating a student's phone. She just maced the teacher. Florida rejects. Yes, folks, that's what we're doing down here. We're rejecting social studies textbooks, some, and we're pushing publishers to change others. You see, it got, it has to fit. It got to fit. <laughs> the way we think or the way we imagine yeah, we don't like telling the truth down here. Political cowardice. Immigration advocates in Miami slam DeSantis and Cuban-American Republicans. Ooh, it's getting pretty down here. George Santos speaks outside of courthouse after not pleading guilty. In Tennessee, black immigrants navigate a tricky course to a coveted driver's license. Alabama Republican blasts an effort to rid the military of white nationalists oh lord virginia hid execution files from the public and here's what they don't want you to see and republican front runner for north carolina governor attacked civil rights movement so many freedoms were lost looks as though we have the bible belt banging the news today in business and tech news <coughs> Woo, child, when I came across this one yesterday, let me just tell you, I, I said, oh, the hypocrisy. And it's only when certain people are allowed to do certain things that, yeah, we celebrate. All right, well, Porsche is replacing gasoline with air and water. Whose invention is that? Hmm? Sit on that for a second. Go look it up if you don't know. And look, look at what happened to somebody else who came up with that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In health and science news, um, CDC is investigating possible resurgence of monkeypox amid dozens of new cases in the U.S. Um, you know, this, I don't know. Can we um, trade Nick Cannon for someone else? Give him to somebody else, another race, want him to take him? Or another planet can the aliens come for him the disrespect well you know what? why am i feeling offended i i'm not one of his baby mamas thanks be to god but he's making good men look really bad nick cannon says he ends up in bed with whichever baby mama calls him that day you know what um because we have so many stories to cover today we are going to be um limiting comments to 60 seconds <laughs> so we're gonna so we can get through the madness today uh oh my gosh you know what um yeah let's get our thoughts together folks let's get our thoughts together we're gonna be right back <laughs> we're gonna be right back after some music what it is what it is what's up <laughs> friday that's what's up what it is What's up? Every girl needs a little And every boy needs a little love If he put it down, I'ma pick it up, up, up Can't you see it's just me? 
Every needs a little. And every needs a little. If you put it down, I'ma pick it up, up, up. What it is, ho, what's up? Every good girl needs a little thug. Every black boy needs a little love. If you put it down, I'ma pick it up, up, up. Hit em up, hit em up. I love this song. <laughs> No judgment, Javet, no judgment. Holy but a lot of hood. <laughs> Ever heard the saying try Jesus not me well that's me <laughs> I'm under construction folks under construction Next song I'm gonna play, I'm gonna squeeze it in real quick. The first time I heard it, it of course it was on social media. That's where a lot of songs get their um, breakthrough moments now. I have been in love with this song for a couple months now, and now it's like taking off. Like everybody's remixing this song, but I want y'all to check this artist out. Nico is her name, I N I K O, and her song is Jericho. I don't want you. Where, why is she coming up? I don't want this person. I, I, I. Where she goes? Have you ever heard it? pull it up from the start again and then we're going to go ahead and get into the details i'm from outer space i got milky way for blood evolution in my veins i'm gone i've been far away i'm illuminated i'll make a move start a waves i've been dreaming about flying for a long time i had a vision from the crazy want a cold sign artificially I don't need gravity, I just need growth. 
walls come down, walls come down like Jericho. Walls come down like Jericho. The message in her song for me is do not allow anyone to put you in a box. Do not live through anyone's definition of you. You define who you are. Stand in your power. Stand in your truth. Know your worth. Yeah. Check her out. Iniko. I-N-I-K-O. All right, it's time for us to go ahead and get started. And as always, we kick it off in the Caribbean corner. So for our first story, should I shed tears? Was it last week or the week before we um, highlighted uh, Angela Bassett to being chosen to be an ambassador against, uh, um, I'm sorry, not against, along with Dawn, what's her name? Ay, ay, ay. The actress Dawn. Oh my gosh, I'm getting old for real, for real. Damn. Is this what old age is? But anyway. Lewis. Lewis, thank you. See, it's good to have young folks around you, folks. Keep young people around you. Thank you, Javed. Don Lewis, they were chosen to be ambassadors for Antigua and Barbuda. Well, and we, you know, I had my reservations. Donald and Javed were excited about it. Donald said it was a good look, right? I was like, why couldn't we use somebody who is, you know, Antigua? But anyway, I ended up joining in the celebration and agreeing it's a good look. Well, 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 well. Lawyers for Angela Bassett issue a cease and desist letter. The tourism board has been requested to stop using her name and image as a tourism ambassador. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. So, one week after actress Angela Bassett was named a tourism ambassador of Antigua and Barbuda, lawyers representing the actress issued a cease and desist letter to the Antigua and Barbuda Department of Tourism in relation to the use of her name and image without proper authorization. Yeah. The correspondence came from attorneys at Fox Rothschild or Rothschild LLP. The letter has requested that the tourism board immediately stop using Bassett's name and or image in connection in connection with any marketing or promotional efforts, this is until the parties have entered into a standard release agreement that authorizes, or I can't even talk, authorizes such use. Can somebody, um, Julie, can we have Campari, please? We need some liquor. I didn't put any rum in my coffee this morning, so forgive me, folks. Yeah. The tourism board has been given until May 15, which is, is that Monday? Yeah, to acknowledge receipt of the correspondence, the Hollywood star recently visited the Caribbean island of Antigua and Barbuda. Commenting on the development at today's post-cabinet media briefing, the chief of staff of the office of the prime minister, Ambassador Lionel Hurst, explained that the lawyer from the letter is attempting to ensure two things. First, that there are no tax liabilities att attached to Angela Bassett's agreement or agreeing to be a tourism ambassador and second if you are a u.s citizen and you agree to act on behalf 
of a foreign government, you also require in some instances a license almost from the State Department listing you as a foreign agent. He claims the lawyers just want to ensure no liability attaches to her. So, um, nobody did due diligence, dotted the I's and crossed the T's before um, jumping the broom, so to speak. Nobody? You would think that that would have been done. Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Next story. I'm sorry, Antigua. I'm sorry. It, it, I know it's embarrassing, right? Javette. Javette is at her desk early this morning. It's Friday, so that means Javette is going to be leaving the office early today. Yeah. Hold on one second, folks. I'm trying to pull up the next article. Um, yeah. So, all right. Next up, U.S. announces measures to deter Caribbean migrants from illegal entry. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The United States Department of State and Department of Homeland Security, DHS, have announced additional sweeping measures to deter Caribbean and other migrants from illegally entering the country. The announcement came a day before Thursday's end of the COVID-19 public health emergency and lifting of the pandemic-era Title 42 public health order, which allowed the government to halt the entry of people and imports. Oh, I didn't know imports was in it too. To prevent the introduction of communicable diseases from outside the borders of the continental U.S. The State Department said that when the Title 42 order lifted by midnight on Thursday, the United States would be strengthening its enforcement of long-standing Title 8 immigration authorities to expeditiously process and remove individuals who arrive at the U.S. border unlawfully and do not have a legal basis to remain. So the State Department warned individuals who cross into the United States at the southwest border without authorization or without having used a lawful pathway and without having scheduled a time to arrive at a port of entry will be presumed ineligible for asylum absent an applicable exception. If removed, they will be barred for, from re-entry. So if removed, they will be barred from re-entry for at least five years and subject to potential criminal prosecution for repeated attempts to enter unlawfully. The U.S. said uh, Haitians, Cubans, and Venezuelans are among migrants flooding the country's southern border in their attempt to enter the country Many who have managed to cross the border have sought asylum. All right, so yeah, that, that's um, that's there. Next up, out of Jamaica, no pussyfooting. When was the last time we heard that term? Isn't that a British term, colonial term? Um, <laughs> I'm being bad right now. I'm laughing because. The first part of the word pussyfooting was a word that we grew up learning that it's a cat. When did it, when did they flip the script on us hmm? and made us feel it's a bad word or it's a bad thing to say or used it to identify a part of the female anatomy? 
I remember as a child reading in books. Yeah, that word was in books as a child, referring to a cat. Yeah. I, thank you, Virginia. Thank you. It is still in reference to cats. Certain words, we have to be so careful how we use them now. We can't say the word gay to, to mean that I'm happy. And that was a word that we used when I was a child. Oh, I'm so gay. I'm so happy. Can't say I'm over the rainbow now because then it means that you're a part of the LGBTQ community. Everything is just, ugh. Can we detach meanings from words, please? And thank you. Appreciate that. Can we um, go back to our innocence, please? And thank you. <laughs> you see, we are from the colonial system. That's why we still. <laughs> you know, let me behave myself. I was going to say something, but I forgot I'm on air. Um, but heck, it's a word, right? It's, it's a cat. So the other day, Marlon and I were somewhere and we saw some cats. And he was like, why you got your, <laughs> your pussies running all around the place? And for a moment, I was like, what? And he's like, see, right there. I'm like, you know what? <sighs> oh, come to, listen, I have to have this conversation real quick. And I don't mean to digress too much, but this morning I was listening to something on the radio. So I turned to my, um, my 17, my eight, how old is he? Hold on a second. My 18 year old. And I said, um, <sighs> Yes, chief, I'm losing it. I don't even know. Trust me. Sometimes I don't even remember the age of my oldest child. And that's okay. It suits me to forget sometimes. But um, I turned to my 18-year-old and I'm like, do you know which country is referred to as the land down under? He's like, no. I said, you don't know the land down under? He's like, no. So I said, do you know the land of the rising sun? He's like, no, what is that? So I said, what do they teach you in school? American history, period. Now, my other son, who is, how old is he? 16, right. So I turn to him. He's like, um, so I'm like, do you know the land down under? He's like, yeah, that's Australia. So I said, do you know land of the rising sun? He's like, yeah, that's Japan. I'm like, so how comes you know and he doesn't know? Well, my 16-year-old, he's in AP history. So in AP history, they teach them more than U.S. history. But apparently, in regular history, which my 18-year-old um, does, they don't teach them that. It's basic, just U.S. history. Now... I have a better understanding. So, oh, also one of their friends who lives in the neighborhood, I said to her, because sometimes she, you know, I pick her up and drop her off. And I said to her, hey, do you know so-and-so? She's like, no, what are you talking about? She only does U.S. history. So I'm like, this country is doomed. Now I understand the mindset. Have you ever come across some Americans who think America is the world? Full stop. No other country exists. Well, 
That's what they're being taught in school, folks. They are limited in their scope. Very limited. It's U.S. and the U.S. alone. Nothing else exists. And it's a shame. It's a crying shame. And I, I turned to my, I had to point the finger at myself and I'm like, well, I failed y'all. <laughs> I really failed you all. I wish you, you know, both of you had stayed longer in Jamaica. The older two stayed longer in Jamaica. So they knew that because in what we refer to as elementary school here, we had to learn that. Well, I had to learn that early, right? They know the continents. Yes. But you know, other little things, they don't teach them. So I forgot which one I asked. I asked him another question. He's like, he says, but mommy, how is that going to change my life? I'm like, you're right. It's not, but it's good to know. So you can have a good conversation. You don't sound um, illiterate and ignorant when you're out there. You know, you can speak beyond the U.S. And he was like, yeah, that's true. And here we are in Florida with a governor who is ripping away more from us. Taking books off of shelves. Stripping away CRT. Fighting against, um, what you call it? Societies in college. What are, what are, um, you know, where you can, it's it's a sad day for it's sad in here down here in florida folks it's really sad so we're talking about the u.s what was the number how do we rank in terms of um education globally we were a hundred and something was that the case well it's gonna get worse for us it's gonna get worse for us well, in Florida, Florida is at the bottom of the pole already. We're 49th in, in education in, this, in the country. We're 49th. So we're about to just fall off. <laughs> Very soon you're going to be like, so tell me about Florida. Who? What? Where? Florida? What is that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much where we're headed. We are at the bottom. 49th? Who is below us? Who can possibly be worth 49th? Pray for us down here, folks. Pray for us. But yeah, the term pussyfooting will be removed from the lower house. And that's according to Speaker of the House of Representatives, Marissa Dalrymple Philibert. And that outlaw was done on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, she made her ruling as opposition spokesman on water and agriculture. Lothan Cousins was about to complete his presentation in the sectoral debate in which he was critical of the government on several issues, including the way it grants food import permits and its strategy on water prevention. So, yeah, pussyfooting. That's going to be removed from our vocabulary. So this next story. Thank you, Jeffett. Like, I have some crosses, y'all. I'm saying, some crosses, y'all. I'm saying, 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 I'm sa
have to start it that way. Um, <laughs> Minister Marion Hall. <laughs> did did you all see the clip? Did anyone see the clip? Um, let me let me play the clip. I have to play the clip. Who told that? Because me talking about it, y'all need to get the full um effect of the clip. By the way, I well. I'm sorry. No, let me behave myself. Hopefully they have not removed it because they be removing a lot of things. Let me speak properly. They have been removing a lot of things off of social media lately, off of TikTok. You will save something and then you go back and it's no longer there. And I'm like, what the heck? What the heck? Okay, so I know I saved it on TikTok. Okay, here it is. I found it, folks. I found it. So let me play it for you. You will not stop me from dressing up, and these are mine. Happy me them, happy me them, happy me them, yeah, I'm my titty them. Happy me them, happy me them, yeah, happy me them, yes, I got give me them blessed body. So I cannot do anything about them. I cover them up. I do everything it is what I'm velocitous. I that's the name. So what a problem you have. I can't do nothing for tight no myself that me can't lift up me hand. Me can't I have to praise him. So I, I cover them sometimes it go down a little bit. What can I happy me them yeah a, a blessed body it's mine so cost me for it I did nothing to it I have no announcement I didn't announce nothing it is mine it is mine look I look it's mine it is mine so if you have a problem I kill zero I can't tell you about the blessed body that God has given me and if you have a problem with your body your color your ear your whatever I kill you I'm not watching you I am here to preach the word of God and if I try to dress up and look nice you no complain if me dress like a woman no complain you will not stop me from I don't know if I'm to laugh. <laughs> Is that what preaching has been deduced to? I'm sorry. Is that what we're. What about rising above? Huh? Is this how we preach now? The first time I saw it a couple, the video a couple of days ago, I was hysterical. I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, that's the, I'm Jamaican. Me can't do about that. <laughs> you have to take bad things, but laugh. That's what we do. We joke about serious things. How, spell volosterous, because <laughs> I don't, I don't know that word. <laughs> uh, Virginia, is there such a word as volosterous? I thought it was voluptuous. <laughs> Stop me from dressing up, and these are mine. Happy me them, happy me them, happy me them. Yeah, I'm my titty them. Happy me them, happy me them. Yeah, happy me them. Yes, I got give me them blessed body, so I cannot do anything about them. I cover them up. I do everything. It is what I'm voluptuous. That's the name. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Has she, do you, do you, uh, let, let me get serious for a second. <laughs> do we feel that she's battling internally? I think she is. I think she left dance hall and she was not really ready. Now, 
here is something I would recommend, right? As we struggle, because we all struggle. See, this morning, I, every morning I've been doing my praise and worship for the past couple of weeks. And right out of praise and worship, yeah, I went to the streets. Hood and holy. That's me. Yeah. Certain things we can't are hard to, you know, certain things are hard to break. But if she, <laughs> Virginia, don't laugh at me. But if she is going to um, stand behind a podium, she has to understand that more is going to be expected of her. Because folks like myself who are struggling, you know, we'll be right at the gates and you hear the dancehall music and you start twerking and you look at the gates and then you look down the other side and you're like, oh Lord, but they're right upon the borderline, like Shabana said. But they're upon the borderline. Who remember that play? What was the name of that play again? Um, oh, Jesus. How was that play? With the guy. Oh Lord, whatever. Let me. I'm really I get all but anyway you know I'm on the you know we're struggling we're struggling but we look to our leaders our um religious leaders to help guide us through right and we understand that our religious leaders are humans and they are weak as well they're tempted just as we are probably more right but we have to, they, we expect them to have some level of self-control, discipline. When they are in the public eye, at least, right? You cannot be stooping down to certain levels. You have to know how to rise above. You have to. I think she left the dance hall realm too quickly. And in her leaving the dance hall, hall realm that quickly as though she was yanked out of it if i were her she probably needs to do that now is take some time by herself in solitude to process whatever it is she's going through mentally physically emotionally spiritually right we're not saying you're going to forget where you're coming from and forget your journey we're not saying that but everything has its time and place. <laughs> Tasha says, absolutely, she's struggling. I struggle with some good old Cadbury fruit and nut. Oh, that's good. Let me tell you, that Cadbury fruit and nut, Tasha, don't talk about it. And the Ferrara Rocher. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yep, we all struggle. But, um. I'm waiting for somebody to remix it, right? I don't have that kind of skill. Otherwise, I'd have remix it my damn self already. But yeah, I feel me damn. I feel me damn. <laughs> oh, you know, let me keep it moving. Y'all too bad. Y'all ain't going to take me down the, that road with y'all. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I want to play this video to close out our segment in the Caribbean Corner. In the coming weeks I will be and days I'll be making certain announcements regarding the acceleration of Jamaica's intention to become a fully digital society. 
we are well on our way to this. We have established the national identification system. We have put in place our digital currency. We have given directions to our ministries to digitalize their operations. Most of our ministries are now moving from paper-based systems to digital systems. Our military is transitioning. The society is moving very quickly, very rapidly to become digital. Our banking consumers are seeing it as well because the banks are moving very rapidly to digital. You have something now called artificial intelligence. Very soon this position of a, a human being exchanging cash and so on, that is going to disappear from the banking system very soon. And you are going to have to interface with machines. I don't want it to be a scary thought, but it is a thought that we all have to embrace. Ah, so, Mr. Pre Mr. What, what, Prime Minister, real quick, because I know we have a lot of stories um, to go through, and I, you know, I want to give everybody a chance to comment, but we have bigger issues in Jamaica right now. But let's talk about the financial sector. How are we going to move to a fully digital system when people can't even open an account easily? Can we fix that first? What are you going to do? Exclude others? Because that's what it sounds like. We have people who are trying to open a, an account and they're, they damn near have to bring in an arm and a leg. They might have to soon bring in an organ. Because we are asking so much of them because we're talking about money laundering. And I, I get that. But let us fix that before we thrust a fully digitized society in place. What happened to the gardener? What happened to the household helper? What happened to the, the, the layman on the street doing the menial tasks? What happened to the vendor? And it doesn't stop there, folks. What happened to the professional? Because who do not have certain things, them can't open an account at the bank. How are we going to fix those nuances before we talk about digital Yes, we understand that things are changing, times are changing, and we have to embrace the technology that is coming into play. But we also have to be reasonable. We fix the crime issue yet? No? Okay. We have other things to fix. Not sure if anyone has, to say, has anything to say before I move on. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. I'm going to close out this segment. Seven things that only happen in Jamaica. Number one, a eight o'clock party, not gonna start till 12 o'clock. Number two, if you ask a Jamaican downtown or half a tree for one call, them are gonna tell us that they have a phone. Number three, only in Jamaica will a vendor be selling under a sign that says no vending. Number four, if we see a bunch of people around, we don't need to know why them are around. We are around with them too. Number five, Jamaican parents have to beat you up on a certain rhythm, else them now go feel say you collect the lick. Number six, under 
any sign where you see no dumping, I promise you, you will find one bag of garbage. Finally, number seven. No care how Jamaican people cuss and go on bad. Once them reach an embassy, them are the best person on earth. Suddenly them peaceful. Good afternoon, how are you? Suddenly them not in a no war, them perfect pristine. Cause them want a little visa. Is she lying? No lies told. No lies told. I'm trying to catch my breath, folks. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Trying to catch my breath. All right, we're going to go ahead, Rosola. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say no lies detected. No lies. It's this beating part for me with the rhythm. <laughs> and it is so true. I I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I know I it got takes my, me back. I know I got my ass tore up to some rhythms. <laughs> me and you both. Yes, but, but were we that I, bad though, Rosolo? We were. We were. I we think were. that. We weren't that. <laughs> we were really that bad? Oh, Lord. I, I don't think we were that bad. I just think we were active children, you know? And then it's the, the two of us. We're close in age. We used to get trouble, man. We used to get trouble. Oh, Lord. Don't just certain the, the moment she, anything she told us don't do, we did. That's why true, not. Anna. That's true. The moment she drove out that gate, <laughs> we out. <laughs> Y'all too. You're out. We're out. <laughs> I guess that was that bad. I think oh. I used to get my ass tore up every damn week. Honestly, I think you got worse after I left. Listen, I got, I got my ass tore up every day. I could, yeah. I was that child. But anyway, I'm alive. Oh. I'm alive. <laughs> to the... <laughs> and the thing is, I was just telling someone the other day, I said, we wait till they gather together now when we're all together and yes. we'll tell them certain things that we did. It's like, wow, we were bad. Yeah. <laughs> did we really do that? Yeah. Yeah, but but so. what gets me, I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but when you're relaying situations and you're going down memory lane with your parents and you're telling them how they tore your ass up, I did not beat you. I never hit you. I punished yes. you. I, I punished did, you. They punished I never put you. my hands on you. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. barbaric. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And I'm like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. punished you. No, and, they beat us. And then... Between between your mom and my dad, <laughs> Chief says moments you know you were off the chain. You know what? <laughs> but uh, let me say this: I um, no, no, no disrespect to any man, but I want you to listen to this. Active father got two different definitions. Active mother trenches day in day out, twenty four seven. Active mother, PTA meetings, soccer practice, football practice, reading, teaching, homework. Active mother, cook, clean, rear. Active mother, active father, he come over on weekends. Active father, he buy a gift for two. Active father, he FaceTimes every every once in a while. Different definitions, different standards. Just because you were active father don't mean you pulling your mother wait you active enough to take pictures but are you 24 7 do you know his teacher's name do you know what his grade point average is you know what size shoe your kid wear you know what prescription his glasses is when is his next doctor appointment quit calling yourself a mother active parent active father just because you post mother pictures on social media once or twice a month just because you're not in the household don't mean your influence isn't felt on a daily basis inside the household 
no disrespect to men, but um, I want to say Mother's Day is coming up. And the truth of the matter is, woman, you do a damn good job holding it down. Men, you'll get your month next month. Thank you for holding it down. Thank you for steering the ship. Thank you for keeping us in check. Whether your mother has passed on or your mother is still alive, whether it's your biological mother, stepmother, adoptive mother, a mother figure, whether it's a grandmother or an aunt or a sister that raised you, raised us, we say thank you. We celebrate you for the sacrifices you have made or you made and you continue to make for us. We thank you for choosing, for choosing to continue to be a source of strength inspiration we thank you we do not take you for granted for those times when we made you feel that way we apologize we appreciate your being on your knees praying for us we appreciate the tears that you shed for us we appreciate your listening to us supporting us even though you may have warned us a million times and we still go down those paths you're still there to rescue us we thank you i just invite us for a minute to stop and think about how your life has been affected by a mother or a mother figure We appreciate you. And I don't think there are enough words to express the sentiments and what we feel and how we feel. Words are never enough. There's no amount of money in this world that we could give you. There is nothing tangible in this world that we could give you. Absolutely nothing. Again, I say thank you. We're going to take a quick break and get back to business. Going down the um, Afro beats, I'm a piano road for a little bit. London. 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 Another banger, banger. Come here, where's the water? You green body maker, I rock them, yeah, yeah. I know you seen your me. I get the money, pass it your papa. Where's the one way I know fit do for you? Why you want the booger one? 
she you be kizanyeni You better drop your body and move sucker Suffer with this body Make we run I'm on a low key Baby you know me They get us to go move where you know go Green Come make a drive your mm. Come make a drive this your jalo Baby allow me Tip you off with the allow See body oh Thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone Q and Z Radio For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Any day, any time I go be him ride or die. Yeah. Make that bust your mind. If it to give me only salary, oh. Money day, in order, it cool my mind. I love her too, Geely, and that's why I have a double play. This one is titled My Man featuring Cranium. I'm locked in and the keys are fear. She's a queen, but a freak, her lips a machine. That's a wife and a side chick to me. You know, say, say, me can't go nowhere. My woman, 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 my woman. She give me peace of mind. Here she is again, Yami Yemi Alade singing bad.
the tiny African body You know me body, the body, body, the body, the body You know me better than the average African body, body Girl with the biggie bam bam Shake it up, let us see what coming down King and the queens and you know me not stop Woman I still let me break in down I'm cause me better than anybody in a deep place Before another level you not fear up my race I, I, I know Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. London, London. I know come this life to suffer. If I follow politician, you go here and for paper. They go call them prostitution. Who no like enjoyment? If money day for pocket. Shabby na national budget, you we go blow my trumpet. Coroba, 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 ya carry Coming up after the music break, we have stories out of Latin America and on the international scene. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. Appreciate you coming through and hanging out with me.
find me one day, one day I don't dare wait, don't stay too far away Somebody's not gonna love me one day, one day I don't dare wait, don't stay too far away All right, it is time for us to go ahead and get back to business. Thank you for this one, Tia Tiwa Savage, <laughs> featuring Brandy, somebody's son. And our story out of the Latin American corner is courtesy of the BBC. And let me go ahead. I do have a sound bite for that one. Uh, how far back do we go? BBC, where are you? All right. So tens of thousands at the U.S. border as Title 42 migrant policy ends. An ice cold drink from McDonald's. Just... Why are we seeing this ad? Why are, why are they playing this ad when I'm... I need some rum. McDonald's. Now get any size iced tea or any size soft drink. And McDonald's ain't paying me. <laughs> All right, here we go. For the last three years, migrants and asylum seekers trying to reach the U.S. have been in limbo. Title 42, a COVID-era policy, has kept them for the most part on the Mexican side of the border. But that policy has now expired, and U.S. officials are bracing for an influx of migrants. 13,000 people coming across the border illegally every single day. So how did the U.S. get here? In 2020, at the height of the coronavirus pandemic, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued an emergency public health order restricting immigration at U.S. land borders. Title 42 enabled authorities to swiftly expel migrants trying to cross into the country illegally and to block access to asylum in most cases. The policy has been used at least 2.5 million times. Donald Trump welcomed it as a tool to control immigration Joe Biden defended the policy for more than a year. In April 2022, the CDC sought to lift Title 42, citing a diminished health risk. But that move was temporarily blocked by a court challenge until now. As Title 42 ends, Republicans accuse President Biden of allowing open borders, and they blame him for the spike in migrant arrivals. The White House says there will be strict penalties for those who cross illegally and asylum seekers will be screened quickly and removed if they don't qualify. What happens here at the border will determine who wins that political argument. Yeah. Political argument. Interesting. Anyone wants to share any thoughts before I move on? Everybody's going to use it to their advantage. And as we're talking about, I don't even know if this is the right time to play this clip, but as we're talking about um, Title 42, we cannot ignore what is happening in the state of Florida. We definitely cannot. 1718 and it will go into effect July 1st, 2023. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, so I'm gonna break it down for y'all. My name is Samantha Mobasaki Gonzalez. I'm an immigration law professor and a practicing immigration attorney for the last 20 years. And most importantly, I've actually read the damn bill. 
I'm going to be making a series of videos explaining the different parts of the bill, so I encourage you to watch it all so you can get a full understanding of how this may impact you. My sixth and final video will be dedicated to the DACA recipients that have been asking me how this will affect them. The first group of people that this bill targets are private employers that have more than 25 employees. The bill wants these employers to use an e-verify system and have financial consequences if they hire an unauthorized alien. The bill identifies an unauthorized alien as an individual who is not authorized under federal law to be employed in the United States. So if you have a work permit, regardless if you came in illegally, maybe you have an asylum pending or you have DACA or you have TPS or you have a parole, you can still have a valid work authorization. So this part of the bill does not affect you and you are not considered an unauthorized alien. All right, so that's one, that's part one. My name is Samantha Movasagi Gonzalez, immigration professor and practicing immigration attorney for the last 20 years. And this is part two of the breakdown of SB 1718. Transportation, if you are bringing in an individual into the state of Florida who you know or reasonably should have known, who has entered the United States in violation of the law and has not been inspected by the federal government since their unlawful entry, this is a third degree felony. These are people who are completely under the radar. They have not had any encounter. They are completely non-detected and they were not given permission to enter into the United States. This part of the bill will affect the people, for example, who enter in the United States through what is called EWI, entry without inspection. It is intended to penalize people who are committing human smuggling. However, it makes no distinction between family members and relatives. So let's say, for example, you live up north and you want to take a road trip down into the state of Florida to go visit Disney, but you're a U.S. citizen and your relatives aren't. They entered EWI, entry without inspection, and they've never had any encounter or permission to be in the United States. According to this bill, that is a third-degree felony offense. My name is Samantha Movasagi. My name is Samantha. Get... Florida governor has signed SB. Oh, let me go to part three. My name is Samantha Gonzalez, immigration professor and practicing immigration attorney for the last 20 years, and this is part three of my breakdown of SB 1718. Driver's licenses. This bill specifically targets undocumented immigrants who have a non-Florida driver's license and who cannot prove lawful presence. That's the combination. That driver's license will not be recognized in the state of Florida. So for all the people that are driving down again to Disney this summer and do not have any documented legal presence, no valid I-94, no valid DACA, no valid TPS, no asylum pending, they're not in removal proceedings, but they have a valid out-of-state driver's license, and if they get pulled over by a police officer, the police officer is going to have to give them a ticket for not having a proper driver's license because Florida will not recognize their out-of-state license. And let me be legally clear. If you have a pending I-601A, a pending standalone I-130, a pending U without a bona fide determination, a pending T petition, these are not petitions that provide a legal presence or a legal status, and you are not protected from being placed in deportation proceedings. My name, my name is Samantha Movasagi Gonzalez, immigration professor and practicing immigration attorney for the last 20 years, and this is part four of my breakdown of SB 1718.
medical patient information. Every hospital that accepts Medicaid must include on its registration form three slots, either U.S. citizen, either lawfully present in the U.S., or not lawfully present in the United States. The bill also states that this shall not affect the patient's care and that the data will not result in a report to immigration authorities. The bill explains that they want a breakdown of services and costs and emergency room visits for each category of people in the hospitals and that hospitals must submit a report to the agency for healthcare administration every quarter. My name is my name is Saman Mobisagi Gonzalez, immigration professor and practicing immigration attorney for the last 20 years, and I have been receiving a ton of questions on how SB 1718 can affect DACA recipients. Allow me to explain exactly what DACA is. Keep in mind, DACA is a deferred action, which means it is an immigration status that defers or puts on hold their deportation. So while you are on DACA, you have a valid work authorization and you have a legal presence you are not an unauthorized alien this is why you have DACA this is also controlled by the federal government so no state can take away your DACA there are other states that have filed a lawsuit in circuit court since 2018 and I've discussed this on previous videos in the back and forth between the Supreme Court and the circuit court who is trying to take away DACA but DACA is still in place and this bill does not address that or target get DACA recipients in that way. My name is my name is Saman Mobasagi Gonzalez, immigration professor and practicing immigration attorney for the last 20 years, and this is part five of my breakdown of SB 1718. And the last part of this bill has to do with the counterterrorism and the state of Florida cooperation with federal agencies with respect to immigration detainers and immigration enforcement in tackling counterterrorism activities through cooperation and working closely together with the Division of Emergency Management in preventing acts of terrorism as well as immigration enforcement in the state of Florida. It also goes into detail of the creation of the Regional Domestic Security Task Force and the creation of a Regional Domestic Security Task Force and a strategy to deal with potential or actual terrorist acts and immigration enforcement incidences within or affecting the state of Florida. My name is Saman Mobasagi. So, um, those videos are from the immigration attorney and that she posted up because as she said, she's getting, she's being bombarded pretty much with a lot of questions and rightfully so. People are concerned about their family members or concerned about themselves directly. But there are two things <laughs> that um, for me stand out. We're worried about terrorists. Um, what who's been committing the acts of terror in this country so far in most recent times is it foreigners or is it u.s citizens american homegrown terrorists thank good you morning. good morning Sinet. thank you it's americans predominantly white americans predominantly male white Americans. So the terrorist part, uh, pump the brakes on that. The other part that is of, um, that stood out to me or stands out to me, it's the part about going to the hospital. And you're saying that it's just to collect 
data. That's what the, the, the uh, Dep Department of Homeland Security is saying. It's to collect data. Can we trust that? Can an immigrant who is here undocumented illegally, can they trust that? A woman who goes in to have her baby, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? She is going to be fearful. Especially, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but we right now with what's happening in the state of Florida. Yesterday, I think it was Marlon who said to me, don't be surprised um, if you hear about tragedies when it comes to childbirth. Because people are not going to want to go to a hospital to have their child to have their children um and how do we register them for birth you can't you cannot i don't know if ronda santis thought this through properly before um going gung-ho <laughs> the way he is i don't know i don't think he did I really don't think he did. I think he just is appeasing to a group of lobbyists, if you ask me. He does not care, will not care, and will never care. But we have to care. We have to care. Um, We're going to revisit it again because coming up later on, we in the news out of north america all right um pope francis onto the international scene pope francis receiving backlash for referring to sexual predators as children of god who deserve love story courtesy of Bala alert the remarks in question were made public by la civilta cattolica and i hope i said that right i don't speak italian in italian just sweet journal and i don't need to put on another gun um because i saw one where and a journalist was ostracized for not being able to pronounce someone's name. Thank God I'm not on mainstream media. But anyway, uh, granted, I cry no shame in not being able to pronounce certain words. I do not give two hoots. But anyway, earlier this week, but they were, um, let me read, let me start over. The remarks in question were made public by an Italian Jesuit journal. La Civilta Cattolica earlier this week, but they were initially made by the Pope last month during a meeting with a group of priests in Hungary. How do we approach? How do we talk to the abusers for whom we feel revulsion? Yes, they too are children of God, but how can we love them? Francis was quoted asking. In response to a question posed by a Hungarian Jesuit, Pope Francis said, The gospel asks us to love, but how do we love at the same time people who have experienced abuse and their abusers? He acknowledged that the answer to this powerful question was not easy at all. According to Francis, a sexual predator should be condemned, but as a brother who is still deserving of compassion and care. really quickly yes sonette jesuit thank you sonette 
See, that's why I have you around and I have Virginia around. Thank you for being around with me because Virginia will tell me in the chat. It's this way. Thank you. But at the same time, um, it, that doesn't seem so outlandish to me. He's asking a question. It's, it's very Christian. It's supposed to love all men. So, but they, that sounded like a question to me. He says, they're, they're, and how can we how can we love him? That's what I heard. Or maybe I'm not hearing properly. Yeah. I'm just, how 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 can we love the abusers and it, it's hard because let us think about were you here yesterday morning Senate, for the story about the seven-year-old child in jamaica yes okay yes, yes. how do i how, I, I heard the response that you all have i yeah. do not feel the same so i stay quiet well, why stay quiet? I understand. Why stay quiet? Because I, because other people want to start talking. I don't feel like dealing okay. with them and their right. and their foolishness. Right. But you have your feelings. I I do not believe in street justice. It is temporary and it's too quick. Something else should happen. So that's why I don't. I did not chime in. You all three, four, maybe five of you had the same feeling. Yeah. Are the feelings that we, well, let me speak for myself. I expressed my feelings because had that been my child, I don't see compassion at that point. How do we console a mother whose child has been abused? Oops, and I think. You're in the in the matrix. I'm in the matrix. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me better now? Whoops. Are you able to hear me? Not better? very well. You're. I'm hearing every half a second word. Hmm. Oh, okay. Let's see. All right. Poor connection, according to Clubhouse. Poor You're connection. good. Okay. I'm good You're now. Good. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Sunet. So yeah. my question is. We can hear you now. How? Thank you, Javed. How do we console a mother? whose daughter has this atrocity happen to them? How do we console that mother? What can we possibly say to that mother for her not to feel anger and want this person eliminated from the face of the earth? What can we actually say? Honestly. I don't think there's a way to prevent that at all. There's no way to prevent her feeling anger. There's no way to for, to prevent her from feeling like she wishes to end this individual's life. I don't think there's any way to prevent any of those feelings. Right. But do do somebody else want to go do that and end up in prison for killing a vile, disgusting person? Mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking. I'm playing a long game. I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. I totally see what you're saying. But um. I mean, that's it. We don't, we don't have to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, according to um, Francis, there is a logic, a form of loving the enemy that is also expressed in this way. And it is not easy to understand and to live out. The abuser is an enemy. The, sub, the subtext of the Pope's response, which came while he was discussing widespread sexual assault, was the shocking scandal that has rocked the Catholic Church and involved decades of pedophilia, priests who have abused hundreds of thousands of children worldwide. Over 80 years, more, more than 150 Catholic priests with the Archdiocese of Baltimore sexually abused 600 children. 
most often without consequence. And that's according to a Maryland state uh, study that was released just last month. When you hear what abuse leaves in the hearts of abused people, the impression you get is very powerful, Francis said. Even talking to the abuser involves revulsion, and it's not easy. But they are God's children, too, he noted, referring to sexual predators. They deserve punishment, but they also deserve pastoral care. How do we provide that? No, it is not easy. Francis has strengthened church regulations addressing clergy uh, sexual abuse and established a commission on child molestation prevention during his 10 years on St. Peter's throne at the Vatican. However, a string of high-profile resignations from his Pontifical Commission for the Protection of Minors has complicated the Pope's attempts to resolve the situation. Francis urged the panel's remaining members to work with sexual abuse survivors in a spirituality of reparation. It's a tough one, I'm not going to lie. It is indeed tough. Um, yeah. One dead, 30 injured, a new wave of unrest in Senegal. Protesters have taken to the streets in capital Dakar against what they call an increasingly repressive state. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. Violence during protests in the Angor neighborhood of the Senegalese capital, Dakar, has killed one teenager and wounded 30 people. Uh, as young protesters took to the streets against increasingly, well, I should say, against an increasingly repressive state. A city witnessed violence protests or violent protests on Tuesday night when school children demanding a high school to be built instead of a police station were confronted by police in full gear. The government is not listening to us. The president is not listening to us. No one wants to help us. So we are expressing ourselves as we can. It's a shame that this, that's what it, it has boiled down to. Is it me or are we hearing about a lot of um, civil unrest across the globe? But especially in Africa. It's not you. Okay. Okay. I am in the DRC's in battles right now, aren't they? Yep. Senegal, DRC, um, Sudan. Niger, there's stuff happening yeah. there, but not, apparently not in the city. It's crazy. It's crazy, Sonet. I'm. I don't know what's going on. But what I the, the common thread or the common denominator seems to be no one is listening to the citizens. Same thing is happening here in the states. It's just that we don't have civil unrest, but nobody is listening to us here either. What is going on with our leaders and people in government that we, the people, have appointed? What is going on? Why is it that they're not listening to the people? It ha Does it have to get to this bloodshed, protests? And even so, it's as though they're slow. Look at what's going on in Haiti. 
What is it going to take? And the sad part, and not that I'm calling for um, attacks on anyone. I don't agree with it. But funny enough, right? So now that I'm saying it after feeling the way I felt yesterday. But the truth is, we are attacking each other. Not the people who are causing us to feel the way we do. How does that work? And because they see that we are not coming after them, we are busy attacking each other. They do nothing. They do nothing. We kill each other. Go right ahead, Javet. Um, I want to say that since the pandemic, since the pandemic, I honestly think that people's minds were given a chance to slow down and they started to see the atrocities of the world. They started to see that the life that they have been living is not in the purpose that they feel it should be in. And I think um, we're we are all basically kind of going crazy. I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks that, but that's what I've been thinking the past couple of days. That's a very and reasonable then, thought process, Jacket. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. And and then believe in the words of the Bible and whatever else you are studying. Um, it's the end of days. I'm, I yield. It feels that way. Granted, at various times throughout my existence, I've heard that term based on occurrences that have gone on across the world, the end of days. But each time, it increases in, in, increases in, in its intensity, right? Seems more intense. Seems as though, yes, this is it. Because it's just it's so much. I don't think we've seen all the signs yet either. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. I feel the world destroys itself from inside, and, and that's exactly where we are right now. Mm -hmm. We're destroying each other. It's going to implode. Mm -hmm. So in the Bible, are you supposed to see the signs just back to back to back, or do they spread out over a couple of decades? I don't remember. You know, I don't remember if the timing was actually referenced. Yeah, I can't remember. It was remember just the signs. Yeah, I'd have to check that. Yeah. Okay, that's curious. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the seven plagues, right? Each one gets worse. I don't know, but I'm tired of hearing about the unrest, the civil unrest, and most of it is because there is a separation, there's a disconnect. Those who have their noses pointed up in the air because of their positions that they have been elected into. Yeah. Start listening to our people. We have to. South Africa is investigating a U.S. charge of supplying arms to Russia. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. 
South African President, I'm sorry, South African President Cyril Ramaphosa has said an investigation is underway after the United States ambassador in Pretoria accused the country of having provided arms to Moscow despite its stated neutrality on Russia's war in Ukraine. The government is opening an independent inquiry led by a retired judge into the allegation. Uh, Ramaphosa's office made the statement on Thursday. Earlier, the U.S. ambassador to South Africa told local journalists in a briefing that Washington was confident a Russian vessel had uploaded weapons and ammunition from South Africa in December. Listen, we, we can't be careless with the things we are saying. Be careful. Wasn't it some months ago, I can't remember the exact story, but wasn't it some months ago the U.S. made some careless um, statement and had to retract? you got to be careful. People who are out there, ambassadors, you're out there representing your country. You can't just be a loose cannon. you got to think. Because your words could have consequences, devastating consequences. We are operating in a very sensitive atmosphere. Everybody is tightly wound up, including our leaders. Be very careful what you could cause. Because South Africa is a part of BRICS, South Africa also said they wanted to remain neutral, isn't that, if I remember well, as it relates to Ukraine and Russia, said they wanted to be neutral. They wanted to maintain neutrality. They didn't want to align themselves with Russia or Ukraine. Right, so... We have to be careful. We have to be more responsible with what it is that we're saying. Um, I think it's because it's Friday. Everything is moving slowly today. I'm going to take another quick break while I fix my issues on this end. Here is Uncle Waffles, and Uncle Waffles is a female South African DJ, folks. It's not a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah
shining Got too many birds on my IG I'm changing my life oh. I'm a mama proud in it She got me going This fan took all my freedom Cause I'm a big favela Save the rumors Girl Coachella's got a big banana I'm a big favela Save the rumors Girl Coachella's got a big banana Cause I'm a big favela Thank you, everyone, for your patience. I had to restart my computer. Thank God it's not the computer that I used to play music. <laughs> ah, these things happen, and we just work through them. Thank you so much to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. And thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. Thank you for your patience. And now it is time for This is America. Thank you, Childish Gambino. Appreciate that. Um, so this story, first one for this segment, mother of six-year-old who shot Virginia teacher, remember that story, is willing to take responsibility. Story courtesy of Baller Alert, and we do have a sound bite for this one. Let me see if I can get it to play. Now to an ABC News exclusive with the mother of the Virginia six-year-old who shot his teacher. She's speaking out about it for the first time after a Virginia grand jury indicted and charged her with child neglect and failing to secure her son. Our Lindsay Davis spoke with that mom and her grandfather, who now has custody of the six-year-old. She says she wants people to know she's a good mom. While school shootings in the U.S. are no longer a rarity, what happened at this Virginia elementary school in January was shocking. The shooter was only six years old. The victim his 25-year-old teacher, Abigail Zwerner. Despite being shot, she managed to get all of her students to safety. Female victim, she's been shot in the abdomen as well as a through and through into the hand. Amid the ongoing criminal and civil cases, the family of the first grader who shot his teacher has remained quiet until now. Does he talk about the incident? No. We talk, we play, we, you know, do Uno, draw pictures, but nothing of the incident. Deja Taylor says she was stunned on January 6th when she got a phone call that there had been a shooting at her child's school. I wasn't even able to get dressed. I ran out in PJs to the school. Has he processed the magnitude of, of what happened? Well, in my opinion, um, he processes the events leading up to it. Um, he talks a lot more about the day before or the two days before um, than he does about 
January 6th. You released a statement shortly after the incident, and I just want to quote it. You said, our son suffers from an acute disability and was under a care plan at the school that included his mother or father attending school with him and accompanying him to class every day. The week of the shooting was the first week when we were not in class with him. What can you tell us specifically about your son's disability? He has ADHD. Some are able to have it at a very mild rate, but he's off the wall, doesn't sit still ever. And why did the school decide that it was no not longer necessary for the family to be in, in class? Because we ended up working with another doctor. He had started medication, and he was meeting his goals um, academically. Had your son ever spoken like about hurting the teacher, or was there anything, like any angst that he had against her? No, he actually really liked her. I will say that week he home and he was talking about how he felt like he was being ignored. So he would come home and, Mom, I don't think that she was listening to me. I didn't like that. And then actually he ended up getting suspended the next day because he was in class. He was trying to tell her something. Um, and she asked him to go sit back down. He threw his arms up. He said, fine. And when he threw his arms up, he knocked her phone out of her hand on accident. And he got suspended for that. Zwerner did not respond to ABC News's request for comment, but in a lawsuit, she says the student slammed the cell phone on the ground so hard that it cracked and shattered. She's now filed a $40 million lawsuit against the Newport News School District and Rich Neck Elementary officials, claiming they ignored multiple warnings about the student's behavior and concerns that he had a gun. According to the suit, the child had a history of random violence and that he attacked students and teachers alike both in and out of school. Is that description accurate? Whether it is or it isn't, the school enrolled him in September knowing all of the past behaviors, and they also knew that he had not attended only about two months of kindergarten and about two months of pre-K. And you say that to say that they then own the responsibility? Absolutely. If they believed all these behaviors to be true, and they should not have allowed him to be into first grade. The school district released a statement to ABC News saying it cannot release information about a student's educational record. And last month, the district filed to dismiss Werner's suit, arguing her injuries fall under workers' compensation. The gun used in the shooting was legally purchased by Taylor. She says it was kept locked away. How did your son access the gun? Nobody knows. No one knows? You'd have to ask him. Have you asked him? No, not yet. That's certainly something that will be probably brought out during litigation. Let me just ask this, and I'll direct it to you, Jimmy. Is it that no one has asked him how he got it, or you're just not ready to reveal how he got it? Not, we're not ready to discuss that at oh, this okay. point. Understood. Um, I'm, I am, yes, people have talked to him about that. I don't know that any adult knows exactly how he got the gun. Was the gun locked somewhere? It was locked somewhere. Mm -hmm. In April, Taylor was charged with a felony count of child neglect and a misdemeanor count of recklessly leaving a firearm as to endanger a child. Her trial is set for August. What was your reaction to those charges? I am not sure. It was, it was shocking. It still is a little shocking. Do you feel in any way responsible for the shooting? Yes, of course. Um, that is my son. 
So I am, as a parent, obviously willing to take responsibility for him because he can't take responsibility for himself. The idea that, that you could face up to six years in, in prison, do you feel that that would be a fair penalty? I mean, of course, I don't believe that that is fair, um, but anything for my baby. Do you feel that there is some racial component to it? Absolutely. I think that um, if the dynamics were different, if the teacher was maybe looking like me and the student was Caucasian or another nationality, it wouldn't be as pumped up as much. Anything that, that either of you would like to say to Abigail's Werner? First of all, I'd like to say that I'm glad you're doing better. I'm sorry that you got hurt. Just like I'm sorry that the kids in that classroom had to witness such a terrible uh, incident. But on the same token, I'm really sorry my great-grandson had to go through this ordeal. I just truly would like to apologize that, you know, out of the incident, she did get hurt. We were actually kind of forming, like, a relationship with me having to be in the classroom. Um, she was a really bright person. Hi, everyone. George. <sighs> Anyone? For your thoughts? Do we think there's a racial component? Do we think... Um, <laughs> I have a few... <laughs> Okay, so I get it, the legal aspect. You don't want to talk about it now, but at first, did or did I hear right? And correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't have they have not had a conversation with him about how he accessed the gun. Is that right? Did I hear that right? Um, they don't talk about it with him at all. They just play Uno, play games, so on and so forth. Um, you heard right, but you just don't want to disclose information right now. And I don't blame because what good is going to bring to their case right now? I, I'm, I'm just trying to search real quick. Have there ever been in any, any other cases where the mother or the father have been charged? for a crime child in school with all these and there have been so many school shootings so have any of those um parents uh been charged i'm just curious yes okay so that they happened. have been charged okay go ahead Sadat. that has happened there was a case it might have been last year or the year before sorry time doesn't mean anything anymore um there was a maybe Six, 15 or 16 year old I forget it, he wasn't so young as six he bought a weapon to school and um, he shot someone then he tried to run away and his parents were charged because they were the ones who purchased a weapon I'm sorry I can't remember their names at all but that happened a couple years ago if not last year I think it was last year you know Senate not that you're talking about it I think it was last year well last year that his parents were charged but it happened immediately after, like nearly a week, less than a week after. They're like, well, the parents allowed this kid to have a weapon. And they were all like, I don't know what happened to the child, but I know the parents, both mother and father, were charged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah I don't I have to look it up. I can't see, though. Thank you, Sunet. Um, 
I agree, uh, Javet, that we need to leave. Was it Javet? Mm, no, Geely said, we didn't know the, the race of the child until recently. And Javet said, at this point, I don't want to think about race. And I agree with that. He's a child with a learning disability. Um, so ADHD. Is it something that can be alleviated if we allow children to play more outside? I'm thinking back because ADHD seems to be a very common thing in the U.S. And the, the go-to is always medication. It's always medication. And for children to be on medication from a very early age... What's that one? What's the, what's the common one? Ritalin? That's the name of it? For a child to be on, on medication from a ve very early age cannot be a good thing. Now they're becoming totally dependent on this. It becomes a crutch that they cannot walk without. So I'm thinking back to in the Caribbean, and for those of you who went to school in the Caribbean, um, naturalist, James, Marlon, Donald, Sonnet, uh, Javet, did you go to school in the Caribbean any at all? Rosolo, myself, Tasha, Geely. Um, if we think back to our childhood, before school started, you'd be doing what? Burning up energy, right? Playing games, whether it's ring games or rounders, or sight, or jumping rope, hopscotch, hula hoop, something. Hide and seek, something. And then you have class, and you would sit still for the most part in class. And then there comes lunchtime, and you have lunch, and then you, you, know, you get to exert some more energy by playing again. And then you go back to class, and then... Right after school again. Some of us would stay and play before we get our behinds home. Or if we're waiting on parents or somebody to come pick us up, we're there playing and we're burning up this energy. But I've noticed at the schools here, you drop your child off at school, and if they're in the schoolyard waiting, and I have gone past some schools, the children have to sit still or stand still. No running up and down. No playing. And I think I brought that up here before. And I think the reason is liability. Am I right? Insurance, whatever. Yes, Donald. Before school, break time, lunch time, all the time. And then we would go home and we would be playing a lot because we were outside. Whether you had a big yard, a little yard, no yard, you're still outside playing. But that seems, it seems as though you have to take your children to the park. Thank God for small neighborhoods where you're allowed to have your children outside playing. And I ask the same question, Donald. Does ADHD exist anywhere else in the world? It seems to be only here in the U.S. Go right ahead, Donald. Oh, my eyes must be playing tricks on me. I thought he came off his mic. Go ahead, Sonnet. 
Ooh, sonnet. Who's that? Anyway, so that, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. So no. <laughs> okay. I'm off um, today. I'm not gonna lie. I'm totally out it, of it today. It's okay. I've been mostly blind for like a week without my eye infection, but I'm I'm getting better. Hopefully, I can put a contact in soon. Are you at eighty um, percent? I can't. I, I without contacts, I see six point five. Like mm. my even look at the chart, minus six point five. I can't see more than about six inches in front of my face, but um. I left my glasses in a room and I don't want to wake up the husband. So I'm walking around blind in the house because I know where everything is. It's okay. okay. <laughs> in six inches of my face, fine. Um, he's still sleeping, so I'm leaving alone. Anyway, um, naturalist. I looked it up. Um, this was back in 2021, y'all. Um, it was a 15-year-old. His name was um, Ethan Crumbly. He shot, um, he shot some children at school. And his mother... Um, he texted his mother. His mother responded via text. I don't remember. What did the text say? My, um, He says something like, I'm not mad at you. Um, you have to learn to not get caught. And so the city of, um, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. You ever tell me something big in front of you? It's crazy. Um, they, they, arrest, they arrested both the parents because they where they helped him get a gun. It's in Oxford High School, suburban Detroit. This was Detroit, Michigan. So that's the case. And it was in 2021, in the month of, jeez, December. <laughs> December. Okay. It's huge. I'm going up and down the screen. I'm so sorry. No, I don't no, know. no. It's not don't on my phone. It's on the PC. Um, it. But so it's like, that that did happen. Those are the ones that I found first because I remember them. And they it was a story like they had ran away, but they said they didn't run away. They were just getting away oh, from the news reporters. They yes. had left town for the for the um, for the time. They were not trying to escape, but they were yes. absolutely charged. It wasn't just a child. They were charged as well. Yes, Annette. Yes, thank you. And the reason mm-hmm. I'm thinking last year is because it trickled over into last year. Go ahead, naturalist. Was it natural? I was asking if there was anything on the outcome of the charges. Um, I, this was the news report from December 2021. Um, it's a New York Times maybe, article. Maybe still ongoing. It's probably, I'm sure it's still ongoing because they don't, they don't prosecute anything for one year, two years, sometimes seven. So um, I, I think it's still going on. I don't know if they're in jail. They've probably been released um, because, of course, this article did start talking about Columbine, which is in 1999 but yeah i don't see what happened um after that i'd have to read the entire article thank you sure thank you Sunet. thank you but we need to answer donald's question does adhd exist anywhere else in the world have we heard of it anywhere else in the world yes yes it's all over europe all over Europe, okay. And how do they deal with it there? Do they have um, children who display erratic behavior that results in possibly them taking a gun to school? Well, we have to remember the countries that have the prevalence of guns everywhere. That's true, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Um. In our next story, a teacher screams after getting pepper sprayed for confiscating students' phone. She just maced the teacher. I think you had sent this one over to me, Javet. And um, yeah, this one was sent over to me by Javet. I do have a sound bite. When you call my office, you get the power. 
I don't want to have no lawyers and 200 support personnel. Sounds like I'm in Florida. My name's Kent Pickell, and I'm superintendent of schools here in Rochester, Minnesota. We're actually at about the same level of disciplinary incident in, in our school district as we were historically before the pandemic. So historically, we've had about 3,000 incidents uh, per year. And for this school year that's just ended, we've also had about 3,000. That said, obviously, people have been very concerned about it. They've felt it. It's an interesting question as to even though the level is the same, why has there been a perception of real concern? And I share that concern deeply. Um, is it because everybody had just spent a year or maybe two years where there was no discipline and suddenly people felt those issues? Or was it that the number was the same, but the severity maybe was different? It's there's only so much value in trying to compare to the past. The real question is what's happening now. I'm super concerned about it. I don't want to suggest that it's not priority one for us, not because like our schools are raging out of control at all, but because we want our schools to be absolutely 100% uh, safe and focused on learning. And the other piece of it is uh, we know that the punitive discipline alone, because we tried that for 15 years, um, where it was zero excuses and you know you're, that doesn't work either that never promotes a behavior change it actually just enhances a defiance and we know that safety is central to uh kids being able to learn if you can't if you're not safe and you don't feel you can learn you can't do it and so the two b's that we've been using to kind of guide our efforts are belonging and behavior belonging meaning taking steps to be sure that every kid uh, is known feels accepted feels affirmed it has a connection but then also having very clear standards for behavior. So when I got here, we did reaffirm that yes, you can suspend kids. In our school district and others in the past, there had been some understandable reluctance to do that because if a kid's not in school, they're not learning. That said, sometimes you do need to actually, both for the student and for the other kids in the class, you need to remove them from that environment. And so we made very clear that that was a tool that our principals had. We made sure there were clear standards for it. We made sure they were evenly applied. If you were sitting there and you were looking at a, a, a someone else being given a very different consequence for the same behavior, um, it would start to delegitimate the expectations. That's where you lose the 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 the, the effort to build these positive norms of like being serious, hardworking students and behaving and treating each other well is just the way we do things here. It's not because like I'm going to get a special ticket or a, a pizza party at the end of the week. And it's not because I'm afraid of getting suspended. It's because like I'm a seventh grader, but I know that I actually come to school. I like being in school and I, I, I know, I know the expectations. And if kids are feeling like those, those expectations are being applied differently based on whatever, you start to lose their buy-in to the, to the system. And so we just have been very attentive to trying to be sure that when we do use disciplinary tools, which we, as I've said a number of times, definitely have and will continue to do, that we're applying them equitably and um, fairly is probably even a better word than, than that, because it's pretty clear. Like, I think all of us understand fairness. The biggest thing that we are going to be focusing on going forward is uh, what we and others are really calling deeper learning. And that sounds a little fuzzy, but what it really means is that you're very serious about academic knowledge, skills, core concepts, reading, math, science, but critically, the ability to apply those concepts to solve real world problems to actually, whether you're working in an auto shop or you're a scientist at the Mayo Clinic up the street from me, you are able to take what you learn academically and apply it to the kinds of situations that we know really open the doors of opportunity. Again, whether you're in a very 
professional academic setting or you're doing the kind of jobs that we really need here in Rochester and elsewhere where people are more applied and what we used to think of kind of as career and technical fields. So that's really, really central to what we're going to be doing. It's what characterizes a lot of the highest performing systems in the world, like places like Finland and Singapore and places where these kids don't just master the academics, they can apply what they learn to those uh, real, world, real world settings. So that's number one, we're gonna be moving forward. And we're also gonna be really intentional about making sure every kid has a plan and a path for the future. I would say to our parents and other caregivers um, that we believe that that sense of belonging and that commitment to good behavior are foundational to all the other academic improvements that we're committed to make. And so the belonging and behavior stuff is hard, it's complex. It's being faced by, I think, I think without exception, you can say every single school system in the country today, but that's necessary, but not sufficient. The number one thing is that we have got all kids um, achieving at high levels in mathematics, reading well, able to do the kind of science that will open the door to careers here in Rochester at, at the Mayo Clinic. And we also have IBM and you know other very high skilled careers. So, um, there's a lot of discussion these days about politics and um, uh, social issues in our country. Those are obviously very important to people on various sides of the spectrum. I continually say my job is the academic success of our kids. And when I focus on things that are not directly related to it, it's only to make it possible to get to that academic piece. So <laughs> I played it. I played that video in its entirety. You're probably wondering, okay, how does it correlate with, with, the, with the article? Well, it was attached to the article, right? Anyway, a teacher in Tennessee High School who confiscated a student's phone was subsequently pepper, pepper sprayed by his student. Um, the video surfaced on Reddit, and it showed the assault, which happened at the Antioch High School, and it racked up millions of views. The teacher was previously decked in the face approximately two months before the separate incident. Um, yeah, and the district told Fox News Digital that disciplinary action was taken in both incidents and were reported to the police. Mace, yeah, Mace is crazy. A student behind the camera said in the classroom, she just maced the teacher. And of course, the teacher being alarmed said the she just blank pepper sprayed me right she tries to reach for her phone saying give me my phone she repeatedly demanded her phone and then proceeded to pepper spray the teacher from behind the teacher fell to his knees and started screaming as the teacher was on the ground the student tried to grab her phone again unsuccessfully right and that went on but in this video i understand or is it me again and i it's friday i'm off do I hear more concern about academics versus being well-rounded academics, discipline, skills, or am I missing something? And I want to hone in on discipline. This is not a little child. This is a grown student. The way she dressed, she 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 um very looks very mature. Um, what are we doing about discipline when it comes to our children? How are we disciplining 
disciplining them at home? What what are the things that we're instilling in them, the behaviors? Are we talking to them about self-awareness and how to conduct themselves and exercise self-control? Are we teaching them to have respect for others, especially those who are in charge of us, whose care we are, we are placing them in? Are we talking to them about these things? Or are we so wrapped up with work, social media, brunches, the latest fashion, giving them the latest fashion, giving them the latest technology, that we're not addressing the things that are priority? Is that, is, is that it? Or am I missing something? Please fill me in. Because more and more you're you're seeing situations. Wasn't it just a couple weeks of uh yeah a couple weeks ago, the boy that body slammed the teacher because she took away his um hand game. Using it while in class. We spoke about it right here, and more and more we are seeing this behavior. If you're in class and you're not supposed to be on your phone. Why aren't you obeying the rules? How many of us have worked at jobs where you're told you cannot have your phone out while you're working? How many of us? Or how many of us have been in positions where we have to enforce the rules, company policy? Right? Okay, Javet, Sanet, myself, David, Philo, thank you. I'm sure all of us at some point have either had to enforce it or had it enforced upon us. Rules are rules. Do we allow our children to just do as they please at home? Is that it? And then when they get out there, they feel they can do the same thing do as they please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So am I to feel bad when this child is disciplined? Could be expulsion. Am I supposed to feel bad? I can't. And I'm not saying that every parent who puts their foot down and does the right thing has the perfect child, quote unquote, out there. No, we know. We we know how it is, right? Let's not be fooled. I, I knew I grew up under strict circumstances. And I still found a way to break rules, so on and so forth, right? So it's not every child who is like that. But then you hear of cases where parents want to fight teachers and parents are cussing teachers out. And yeah. Yeah, we, we hear that. Go right ahead, David. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, you know, when my mother, she had taught K through 12 education, and then she taught at the university level early childhood development. She used to talk about how, uh, you know, she'd had to get on the, she'd get on the phone with parents, you know, you know, afterwards. Like, I'd be, we'd be at home. She'd be afterwards, get on the phone with parents, and she'd have to tell them, like, your kid is about to, you know, 
you know, your kid is about to fail, right? And then the parent would be like, well, my son told me, you know, this, and my daughter told me this. And then she would just pull out the, pull out the grade book and say, they didn't turn in this assignment, this assignment, this assignment, this assignment, this assignment. You know, she would just show them, like, you know, here goes the receipts, as they say, right? You know, of, of what's not going on. We're not talking about kids from, like, poor communities. It's not like kids from affluent communities. This is what school's taught in, right? right? So you have the sort of same mentality, right? You know, the shock, you know, and all of it you know, their child wasn't doing as well as they thought they were, right? And so it was in some ways uh, uh, turned back on the teacher. The other thing uh, that my mother has talked about is particularly in California and particularly because we, we, we're from the Bay Area, um, but, but just particularly there, there was this whole new philosophy that started, she said, starting in the 80s, it started coming to play, but through the 90s, it started to fully take hold, was this whole philosophy that, you know, you know, you want to be more compassionate, which is not a bad thing, right? You want to be able to look at the situations that people come from, right? You know, that's not a bad thing. But it, but she said it went too far in this direction where trying to make every student feel comfortable, trying to make everybody feel like they were in a place and a setting where they could start to learn and do everything, you know, replace the idea of discipline, right? Replace the idea of rules, right? So now... You have to look at somebody and you have to think about them differently because, well, you know, they didn't have X, Y, Z coming up. My mother never thought like that. My mother says, just because you didn't come from much money, because she didn't come from much money either, right? She came from a very working class household and one of like, you know, eight children, right? She said, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, uh, be held to, to, to account, held the standards, right? That other, that any other children can do that, right? And so she just, she said, like this sort of open, this sort of openness of just almost not that anything goes, but just a just sort of we're, we're just going to have a, a sort of no rules way of trying to engage with students and get rid of some of the more uh, 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 rule based stuff, right? You know, or discipline, right? Right. That this is this is in one way how you end up in a position where you start to get you know children. Regardless of whether it's a fluent school, working class school, poor school, uh, that in many ways feel like that they have the right to disrespect the teacher, right, or, or the right to to uh, engage in this kind of uh, somewhat antisocial behavior, right? In that regard, so she felt that way. I've noticed it. I've noticed it too, and I just think like, you know, what was his name? Uh, the real Joe Clark, but but. You, most people probably seen the movie Lean on Me, right? He said discipline is not the enemy of enthusiasm, right? Right, 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 right. You can hold kids accountable, right? Regardless of the background. And still at the same time, be compassionate enough, you know, to help them get to where they need to, to help them learn the things that, that they need to learn. So I just think that there's this, there's been just a wholesale in much of the uh, educational system, not all of it, but a wholesale sort of uh, reversal or we've gone into one different, one extreme, right? Right. I think we need to pull ourselves back to the middle. All right. Thank you. Um, thank you, David. Now I'm going to go back to the video and the correlation between the video and the article. So could it be then that they're going to be pushing academics because they feel that if someone is more rounded academically and they are achieving at high standards or higher standards that that will in turn result in a better behavior being displayed am i making sense 
morning, everyone. Morning, James. Yeah, um, I think, you know, what the pandemic has taught us, you know, like I've heard a lot of parents, like when you listen to parents during the pandemic, um, talk about how difficult it was having their kids home with them and the appreciation level for teachers, like people saw teachers in a way that they probably never saw them before. Because just imagine like as a mom or as a dad, you know, your child who, is, who shares your DNA, it's a part of you and you can't deal with them for six hours a day. Um, and you send them to school with 30 other kids in the same class with one, you know, teacher, mo most time women, um, teachers that don't share DNA with the, the 35 kids and have to deal with 35 nonsense at the same time. Um, and technically, like when you send your kids to school, the school system is academical. Like you, you send your, your kids to school to learn. Um, teachers that really care about um, kids as human beings, I sit them aside and talk to them, counsel them. That's extra. They don't get paid for that. They get paid to teach your kids. Um, so I, I just believe that um, we live in a selfish world where, and, and we're, we're, we forget easily, you know, um, and we don't, Yes, sir. And we don't give teachers enough enough credit because the amount of people that I hear cry during the pandemic that they're they're pulling out their hair because they have to take care of their own kids. You know, so I feel like yeah, um discipline schools should not be responsible for discipline. Like you send your kids to school to learn. Um everything else, as I said, is extra. Like if if you you're um, the teacher pull your daughter aside and or, or your son and, and talk to them like um, about anything at home if they need counseling if they need help or anything like that or just talk to them as human beings that's going through certain stuff that is extra and I believe that as parents we need to be more um, understanding with the education system we need you know as, as parents too we need to take responsibility because like you know yeah we need to take responsibility because whatever happens in the home like whether you know going through divorces or you know fighting in the house it's spill over into your child and you shall take that to school so we need to be more understanding of teachers and I, personally i feel like they're doing way too much the school system teachers are doing way way too much and you know they're there to educate not to to groom you know, as parents, that's our responsibility. All right. Thank All you, right. James. Okay. So next up, Florida. Uh, go ahead, Donald, before I move on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, morning, everyone. Just mm -hmm. quickly. I get the, the feeling that we have an education system that is just streamlining people to meet certain needs. So, you, I mean... Look at it. Which child do you believe could go to school and sit quiet for four or five hours constantly every day? And is supposed to learn. I saw a documentary, I think, in Denmark. And their school system is so much different. 
in the schoolyards, the, the kids was climbing trees, looking at it. And I mean, it was such a different en- environment that the kids look actually happy to be in school. You're expecting kids to come to school, sit in a building that sometimes is not even the best environment to be in to start with, so-called pay attention for how much ever long. Uh, the curriculum is geared at specific things, things that sometimes you can't even see the relevance, the way it is structured. And then we're expecting them to be model citizens, come out, be able to deal with all they're not, they're not even allowed to properly play, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not taught conflict resolution. We're not taught how to interact with people. You now when we compete, everybody wins. So nobody gets used to losing and coming back and adjusting and doing what is necessary and so on. Um, and then we're expecting them to come and deal with the pressures of, of life. So like when you come out from an environment like that and you, you, you get thrust into the world where you have real problems and... <laughs> all the cruelty and everything that goes with it. No wonder why a lot of us can't even, uh, you know, cope with it, you know? And this ADHD stuff is something I don't really understand, to tell the truth, because the most hyper kids, you understand, active kids and stuff, would be like that, because you're expecting kids to come in and be docile. And I think we have to just rethink the entire thing, because these same kids, what happened? We end up going to work for people in corporations. You just some monotonous for we end up in they end up in prison, you end up if you look at the outcomes of how we're preparing, the structure we're preparing, you understand? And then we have all these the cons and all the other stuff to deal with. So I don't think it's a conducive environment to do anything. And you can't blame the teacher when he says their job is purely academic. That's probably the mandate. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there is a mandate where the curriculum is geared to really creating well around this individual. We judge you, your, your your smartness based on how good you score on a test. A test for some subjects that you'll never see in life again. Sometimes we have to we have to really stand it. And as James said, I think you have to be two things. I think you have to be born to to be a teacher or a nurse. Mm-hmm. You can't do these things as a profession. You have to be born to be good at those things. Because I know, I don't think I could be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I will last too long. You and me both. But I can't, I can't be in a classroom with 30 kids screaming and yelling at me. No, not, not like that. Yeah. So maybe you have, to, you have to reconsider these things, man. Yeah. Thank you, Donald. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, thirty seconds, James. Yeah, sir. Yeah, to to what Donald is saying, like, well, every school, they're not every school is not the same, and I think, but parents don't realize that we can play a part to like in changing and and carving some of the school in what we want it to be, like because there's like parent teachers meeting their their parents that are on boards in in schools, and they have ideas that they would share with schools, and and they would implement some of those ideas right you know for example like um my daughter like this week they're having like a snack election in their class in the in the entire school where they choose like three different like they choose like doritos um potato chips and other chip and and they run an election between the three of them and she comes home 
she's a part of one of the party and she's excited like she's just jumping off the wall you know that is not sitting down in the class writing or doing matter or whatever they give them extra stuff to do they build games um with this thing called roblox they they have different type of stuff so i believe that us as parents we show up at the school we don't just drop off the kids and and pick them up back we show up we go to all the events we go to some of the teacher um meetings and and if there's stuff that we think that can add value we need to to do that like we can't just complain we can see um areas where we can fix and we can be a part of the solution too all right thank you so what um the essence of it is more parent involvement and that should help to make a difference in the chat uh javet put uh it starts at home and she asked a very relevant question would this same child spray pepper spray her mom or dad for taking their phone all right florida rejects some social studies textbooks and pushes publishers to change others story courtesy of npr florida education officials have rejected dozens of social studies textbooks amid an ongoing effort by the administration of republican governor ron DeSantis to influence what's taught in the state's public schools the florida department of education made the announcement on tuesday that it had approved 66 of 101 submissions for new social studies textbooks some of which only got through after publishers made revisions requested by the state. At first, only 19 books were approved due to inaccurate material, errors, and other information that was not aligned with Florida law. And I'm stressing aligned. If it's not in their mind as being right, gotta go. Several of those changes which were disclosed on the department's website had to do with political and social justice issues. In one case... References to the killing of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement removed. In another, a question mentioning social justice issues in the Hebrew Bible was changed to refer to key principles in the religious text. Descriptions of socialism and communism were also changed. The list of rejected materials included books on U.S. history, the Holocaust, psychology, and more. Officials said the books did not meet state standards, but it is unclear specifically why they were not approved. Florida Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Schultz, somebody let me know, a Democrat, criticized the announcement. (laughs) Said it again? Wasserman Schultz. Is it Schultz or Schultz? S-C-H-U-L-T. Oh, whatever. Wow, doesn't match at all, but thank you, David. <laughs> Democrat. Okay, so Debbie Wasserman, she's a she's a Democrat. She criticized the announcement. DeSantis and extreme MAGA Republicans are bent on dumbing down America's education system, especially Florida's, right? We're already 49th in this country. And silencing black voices. This is not the first time the administration of DeSantis, who in the past slammed what he calls woke indoctrination in schools, has intervened on matters of curriculum, K through 12 education. Let me ask a question. By restricting access to certain things, isn't that still a form of indoctrination? Or am I missing something? 
Am I right or am I wrong? Okay, so I'm right. Thank you, Javet. It is a form of indoctrination, whichever way you take it. I'm not allowing you to read this book. I'm not allowing you to do this, 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 this that, and the other. I am, you can only read this, and this is what you're going to believe, and this is what you're going to study, and this is what you're going to take with you for the rest of your life. Skewing one's perception and understanding. Isn't that what the outcome is going to be? Or am I missing something? I gave the example of what uh, with my two sons who are in high school. One does AP history, the other doesn't. The one who does AP history has more access to information. The other one who doesn't, the only thing they focus on is U.S. history. Point blank, period. So it is up to us as parents to go to school, get our teaching degree, and start teaching our children. Go right ahead. Go right ahead, David. You know, one thing, and this is quite interesting, like my parents always knew that, you know, you can't depend on the school, particularly when it comes to black history to give you everything. So they had to start the foundation at home. But I'll tell you the way my mother's approach to you was for teaching me, and even the, my older siblings, you know, you know, history, particularly black history, right? And, and, and this is something that I would say in Florida, they could probably benefit from is, if she's going to teach us uh, uh, about Angela Davis, guess what? She's going to teach us about Lorna Hurston. Because why? These two people would have diametrically opposed politics, but they're both black women. Now, understand what her political viewpoint is and, and, how, and how she views the world. Understand how Angela Davis views the view, view, viewpoint. And then you can have a discussion about, you know, where they would disagree and why they would disagree about this. So you get the double-sided, right? Right? You would make sure that it wasn't, what, it wasn't a one-sided view, but they were multiple different views that people have in the african-american community about you know in the black community about how to how to address you know what the oppression that people are coming from you should be exposed to those multiple different views if the curriculum is narrowed down to one particular type of perspective she would find that she would find that to be something that was a problem right so if you're exposing them to diversity of views within the community the diversity of people you're given that space then nobody should have a problem with that you know that sort of thing so if the curriculum is it is i mean and, and this would be my my one criticism would be i don't know if we we if we go we say social justice that is in and of itself right selecting one particular kind of viewpoint within the african-american community in, in exchange to others. So if my mother were putting together the curriculum in Florida, because I've talked about it like this, that's how she would do it. You know, she would make sure that you got, you know, multiple different perspectives from the African-American community and let the students, right, black students, all students, right, experience those ideas. And then they can start to think about where they may on a personal level fall in line with which, which, which way or the other. So if it's just one perspective, it's bad. But if you get multiple perspectives, I think that really enlightens, particularly African-American or just black students in general, right? Uh, about the diversity of the black experience and approaches to various different uh, issues, topics, and subject matters. All right. <sighs> Anyone else? Yeah. 30 yeah, seconds. Go ahead. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting, my wife and I have been having this conversation for about two years now. And what we have realized is that, you know, because we have people from, friends from different cultures and, and, and we kind of, observe how people behave you know in terms of family structure kids and stuff like that and what what we have noticed is that in our community 
in the black community is that we made the decision 100% as parents in most of our um, homes. We don't factor in our kids um, because, you know, like as Jamaican parents, I say, you know, pay the bills, you know, and the saying or whatever. A lot of parents here say that. Um, and I think it's it's a bad move, you know, because like if, you know, our kids weren't asked to, to be brought into this world, we bring them in and we should, like, for example, we, we're, think, we're planning to move and we sit down with our nine-year-old and our six-year-old and we see what they want, what is important for them in our move. We're not moving because like, okay, one, a bigger house and fancy a kitchen or, or whatever. We, we look at the school district. We look at the diversity of the, 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 the new era that we want to go into. And I feel like as parents in our community, if we make, I've seen parents who their kids are athletic, say basketball, football or whatever, and they move from one state that don't really have a vibrant program all the way across America to, you know, eight hours flight to a different um, state because they have a good football program, a good basketball program. They, they root up their culture. They sell their house. They, 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 they leave their jobs, husband and wife, and move to a different state because they're looking at their kids' future and they're like, okay, they have an amazing basketball program. This could be like thing for, for us as a family. So I believe that as a people, we need to do that more. We need to, you know, factor in our kids' education, you know, the, the diversity, the school district that they're going into. Like, we don't just get up and move and, and say, like, okay, this, we can afford, like, say, for example, Atlanta, you can get a big fancy house in Atlanta. So I'm going to go to Atlanta without um, doing your research and seeing the school district and, what's the policy in, in certain things. So I believe that we need to be intentional as people. And because if in America, like if, say for example, in Florida. All right, 30 seconds, James, 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, in Florida, if you don't have the vote, you can't fight in terms of would you vote. So you fight in other ways and try and find ways to, to you know, educate the child, whether you come together as a pair, as people and group, like, you know, talk about, group economics, group education, or you move to a stage that, that's more friendly. So, you know, that's what I would say about that. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Appreciate your comments. Next up, um, political cowardice, immigration advocates in Miami slam DeSantis, Cuban-American Republicans. Oh, this is interesting. And I think we have a sound bite for this one. Let me see if we can get that to play. Hold on a second. Oh, where, where is it? Why can't I hear anything? Is it me? Here in Florida, okay. a controversial new state immigration law is also going into effect. And Local 10's Hatzavella live now in Miami with it all for us today. Hatzel. Calvin, you talk to immigration advocates, you talk to politicians. What's interesting here is that they both agree that something has to be done when it comes to immigration at the national level. There is no disagreement on Title 42, which, as you said, expires tonight, as well as that state law trying to tackle immigration. Governor, without these workers, who will do the work? Groups are calling the newly signed state law the most outrageous anti-immigrant law 
in the country. This is not about stopping irregular immigration. It is about terrorizing families and communities who are already here. Immigrants advocates say, if anything, the new law will spread fear and have an economic effect on our communities. They say immigrants contribute billions of dollars into the local and state economy. You will see construction projects and food that will not get to your table because we do not have the workers to get it there. No surprise, these groups are also demanding immigration reform take place in Washington, highly critical of Title 42, which is about to expire. Title 42 has been used to completely do away with political asylum laws and processes, and it's specifically tailored to target migrants who are coming from black and brown countries. But some say it's a much deeper problem. The messaging by the Biden administration has been horrible. In an interview with This Week in South Florida, Republican Senator Rick Scott continues to be critical of President Biden's immigration policy. Logically, what you would do is you would put up barriers to where people have to come one place and say, I want to come through and I want to come into your country in a legal manner. And so Title 42 expires tonight at midnight. As for the activists, they say whether it's Title 42 or the state law, this is a call to action. They say their work simply not over. For now, reporting live from downtown Miami, I'm Hatsavala, local 10 News. So there is a um, video. I'm, I was trying to see if I could find it back, but there is a video that I saw where a construction, um, on a construction site, the developer is saying, uh, listen, DeSantis, I have a construction loan and my workers are not showing up to work. Yeah. They're not showing up to work because of the fair. Understandably so. Did he think about the trickle-down effect I live very close. I'm almost in the Redlands. I'm a stone's throw away from the Redlands. Where in the Redlands, that's where a lot of the farming is done in South Florida. And I have driven through the Redlands because some now and again, I haven't been down there in a while though, but I, I have driven through, use it as a shortcut to go down south. Um, or I go out there to get fruits, or plants and when you drive through and you look at the fields on either side you see many people bent over picking strawberries you see people doing farming and it's predominantly well from what I see it's predominantly um, Latinos does he understand that in driving them away because of the fear that is put in them. We're now going to be suffering from food shortage. We're talking about, and, and let's just look at the state of Florida. Oranges, orange juice. What's going to happen? You're going to have to pay more for it or stop drinking it altogether because you won't be able to buy it because there's nobody to do it. And it's not just in the U.S., but um, I remember Marlon used to pick up frozen orange juice from a plant in Florida and would take it to the port and it gets shipped to countries like 
Saudi Arabia. So it's not just the U.S. that's depending on our oranges. It's also other countries. It's not just the U.S. that's depending on our strawberries or whatever other crop is grown here in Florida. There are other countries that rely on it too. So we're talking about our food. Now, did he have a meeting with the banks, in particular the loan divisions within banks who take our money? Now, I want us to, 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 to listen to this one real good. And tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm off. We deposit our money into the bank. The bank takes our money and lends it to a developer because the developer has presented <laughs> a portfolio saying, hey, I want to put up this construction and this is what it's going to yield. And after, you know, it's going to take us two years to build. And after two years, we're going to have this, this, this and that because we have investors lined up waiting, people ready to purchase, so on and so forth. You know how it goes, right? But now that's come to a halt. Two years, we're not going to meet the two-year deadline. Now, where I had 300 people working on site, I only have 30 people. Nobody wants to come and work because they're saying the sun is too hot. We're not getting paid enough. No can do. So now, the construction stops. Investors pull out um, potential uh, if it's for lease or, or, or rental, they walk away. They're like, okay, we're going to go elsewhere. So now I'm losing money. You know who else is losing money? The bank is going to lose money because people are now going to default. And you know who in the bank loses money? We lose money. Did he think that part through? Hmm? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So for those of you who go to the hotels and say you like your sheets to be changed daily or every two days, that ain't going to happen either. <laughs> ain't nobody there to change them daily for you. You might get them changed after, well, they will be changed once you leave, once you check out, Hopefully. And that bathroom being cleaned and, you know, you go out and you come home, you come back to the hotel room and it's spotless and it's clean and oh, squeaky clean. Yes. Mm -mm, ain't going to happen no more. Did he think this through properly? No, he did not. No, he did not. And yes, we have to slam the Cuban Americans. We spoke about them the other day. We have to slam the community here in South Florida that is behind DeSantis. And the only reason they're behind DeSantis and behind anything Republican is because all they keep hearing is socialism and they link socialism to Cuba and they don't want the same things happening to them here. But aren't the same things happening to us here right now? We're being told what we can learn, what we can't learn, what we can wear, what we can't wear. Women, have, we, we have lost the rights to our bodies. So what's the difference? We are under a dictatorship, whether you want to accept it or not. Yeah, we are under a dictatorship. So you jumped out of the frying pan and right into the fire. <laughs> they sold you a good one.
And you said, I don't care about anybody else. I got here, so I don't care about my people in Cuba. Send them back. We do not want any immigrants here. Send them back. Oh, you forgot that's where you're from, right? And you forgot that you left family back there, right? Thank you, Latin American community in South Florida. We appreciate you. Virginia, I thought you raised your hand. We appreciate you right here in South Florida. George Santos speaks outside of courthouse after uh, pleading guilty. Oh, we have to wait for this ad to fly by. Yeah. At the end of the day, we have to see how we're going to fix this. We've got to get him out. That's it, Florida. For me to address and defend myself. We have an indictment. We have all we have the information that the government wants to come after me on. And I'm going to comply. I've been complying throughout this entire process. I have no desire not to comply at this point. They've been gracious in there. Now I'm going to have to go and fight to defend myself. The reality is, is it's a witch hunt because it, it, it makes no sense that in four months, four months, five months, I'm indicted. You have Joe Biden's entire family receiving deposits from nine nine family members receiving money from foreign from foreign destinations into their bank accounts it's been years of exposing a lot of you here have reported on them and yet no investigation is launched into them i'm gonna fight i well and i'm just going i'm getting back to that i'm gonna fight my battle i'm gonna deliver i'm gonna fight the witch and i'm gonna take care of clearing my name and i look forward to doing that now hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on i would like the opportunity for some of you guys to ask some questions in an orderly fashion and we'll start right here go ahead rachel why would you apply for unemployment benefits when you had a job making hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year rachel this is part of my defense this is inaccurate information and I will get to clear my name on this during the pandemic. It wasn't very clear. I don't understand where the government's getting their information, but I will present but my facts. Prosecutors say that you got over $20,000 in unemployment benefits, sir. How is that acceptable? Ma'am, like I said, my employment was changed during the time. I don't understand where the government's coming from. I'll present my defense and to one that. Last well, one I gave you two. Go ahead. What evidence do you that they don't have. I, it's extensive. Oh, I, I have plenty of evidence that we will now be sharing with the government in this case to make sure that I can defend my innocence. Are you planning on running for re-election? Yes, I am. Do you and think why should anybody believe you now? Well, like I said, I will prove myself innocent and then we'll move from there. And re-election is a very far time away from now. The seven hundred and fifty thousand I'm sorry for blocking. The $750,000, they said that you reported that wrongly. Do you have any comment to that? Well, like I said, I will be giving them all, will be delivering all the finances of my company, I'm delivering all my finances to them to dispel uh, their their accusi accusation and, against me. And again, you will not resign. I will not resign. Congress <laughs> New York, how y'all doing up there? <laughs> y'all okay up there in New York with him? 
Y'all love him? <laughs> they plead a fifth just like him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Moments. Yeah. How so much witch in inside the Republican Party? I do not know. Like every other Republican is a witch hunt. <laughs> <laughs> so... From one Republican to another, Alabama Republican blasts an effort to rid the military of white nationalists. Story courtesy of NPR. Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican, Alabama, claims that military recruitment is down because of liberal attacks on the military. Look at Joe Biden's policies, what he's done to our military with the woke ideas. We are losing in the military so fast. That's what he told an NPR member station, WBHM. The lawmaker, a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, is under pressure for holding up military nominees over abortion policy he disagrees with. When asked about whether that obstruction is hurting military readiness, Tuberville instead faulted the Biden administration. Tuberville said that he thinks efforts to root out extremism and critical race theory, which he contends is being taught in the military, are causing the U.S. to lose service members. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin previously rebutted those claims during a 2021 House Armed Services hearing. We do not teach critical race theory. We do not embrace critical race theory. And I think that's a spurious, is that right, conversation, he said. We are focused on extremist behaviors and not ideology, not people's thoughts, not people's political orientations. Behaviors is what we're focused on. When Austin became defense secretary, he called for stand downs or talks to discuss extremism in the ranks. These discussions were prompted by the storming of the Capitol on January 6, following a speech by then President Donald Trump and the presence of, you know, of some military veterans. More than 300 people at the Capitol that day have been arrested and around 15% have former military ties, and that's according to an NPR analysis. About 7% of U.S. adults are veterans, according to the Census Bureau. Tuberville, who has been a strong supporter of Trump and voted to challenge the 2020 presidential election results, continues to attack Austin's efforts to rid the military of extremists. The Democrats are attacking our military, saying we need to get out the white extremists, the white nationalists, people that don't believe in our agenda as Joe Biden's agenda. Mm, they're destroying it. Following those comments, WBHM reporter Richard Banks asked Tuberville to clarify his comments on white nationalists, saying, you mentioned the Biden administration trying to prevent white nationalists from being in the military. Do you believe they should allow white nationalists in the military? Well, they call them that. I call them Americans, Tuberville said. Tuberville's comments garnered immediate criticism and were seen as an attempt by Tuberville to defend white nationalists in the military. Well, Representative Cory Bush, Democrat, tweeting in a response to a news story on the interview said disgusting when people tell you who they are believe them ah <laughs> so folks should white nationalists by a show of hands 
be allowed in the military? Now. You mean allowed or removed? <laughs> They're already allowed. Should they be removed from the military? They're Americans after all, and they want to defend their country. Their country. <laughs> Who they shooting at? <laughs> but here's the funny thing, Javed. The folks who are doing the shootings, they don't want to go in the army. Why not? They really don't want to go there. Let's be real. Cowards. Exactly. They rather attack those who are defenseless. Go ahead, James. Yeah, no. I, what, what I was thinking, what if you remove them and then you realize America don't really have an army? Yeah, because remember, like, the, remember the history, like the Tuskegee um, thing. Remember, like, um, so, like, and even before the Tuskegee, like, when black people weren't allowed to um, to to fight for America, they have to have a segregated battalion and stuff like that. So, there's a history that a lot of um, people that historically fight go and fight are those same people. Like, these are these are like you know, the the version, like a version of the, the Taliban, they're not afraid to die, right? They're not afraid to die for their country. Like they have a different ideology of what their country is, but they're not afraid to die for it, you know? Mm. So you don't be surprised, like if you if you remove them and then you realize America don't really have an army, like they, they, they probably constitute 50% of the army, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, in our next story, Virginia... Virginia, what are you hiding from us? Virginia hid execution files from the public. Here's what they don't want you to see. This message comes from NPR sponsor Subaru and the 2023 Subaru Forester, featuring standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and award-winning safety technology. The SUV for all you love. Learn more at Subaru.com. We follow up now on an excruciating story on this network. We should warn people, some people will find this disturbing. NPR broadcast portions of audio recordings of executions in Virginia. This was only the second time in history that audio like that had ever been released. NPR investigative reporter Kiara Eisner obtained the tapes from a library where they had sat undisturbed for years. But shortly after NPR aired the tapes, the state asked for them back. Details about capital punishment are some of the government's most closely guarded secrets. But more than a decade ago, a former employee of the Virginia Department of Corrections donated a briefcase filled with records that explained how the state had executed people. An archivist, Roger Chrisman, took me into the stacks to show me where everything was kept at the Library of Virginia in Richmond. For the tapes. Wow. Four tapes. Can I look at them? Yeah. The tapes contained audio recorded behind the scenes in the death. I don't want to play the recording of that part. So I will read the other part. The tapes can still be heard in full on NPR's website and two of six boxes of materials can be seen at the prison if a request under the Public Records Act is made. 
But in order for more of the execution history to remain accessible, NPR is now exclusively publishing a selection of the documents that journalists managed to photograph at the library before they became restricted. The records, which detail responsibilities of staff, include candid photos taken of the prisoners before their deaths, and even show the keys to Virginia's electric chair, illustrate how executions were conducted in the state that carried out more than any other. In Virginia, it was someone's job to take Polaroid pictures of condemned prisoners before they were led away to be executed. The photos left behind reveal a range of emotions. The shots appear to have been taken in the same spot. Identical white curtains draped behind the prisoners as they posed years apart. During the late 1980s and early, 19, early 1990s, the time frame in which the photographed men were executed. Virginia put people to death shortly before midnight. A black clock in the top right-hand corner of nearly all the images seemed to confirm that. Before... Earl Clanton was put to death on Virginia's electric chair. The documents indicate his sisters, his mother, attorneys, and a reporter from Spain came to visit. Wow. The prisoner would later bequeath those possessions to one of his lawyers who was defending him for no charge. I can't read the rest of it. I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to read i will put the link at the top of the page if anybody wants it but there are so many injustices that happen we spoke about them yesterday was it yesterday or this morning i don't know as it relates to our race they're the ones who are photographed if anyone wants it i can send it to you but it's really hard to do this one there's so much cleaning that needs to be done right here in this country. And what upsets me is that we're busy going to other countries trying to clean house. We want to call out other countries on their atrocities. Was it only us in these documents? Let me pin the link at the top, Javet, because the pictures I'm seeing looks like us and the names that I'm reading sounds like us. Thanks. Yeah. I'm hoping it's not just us. Right? I'm hoping. But either way, it's wrong. So wrong. Republican front runner for North Carolina governor attacked civil rights movement, so many freedoms were lost. <laughs> then take a look. Let me. The so-called civil rights movement of the 1960s. Mm-hmm. How how the socialists, how the communists used that to manipulate people in this country. How they used it to subvert capitalism. And how they use it to subvert free choice and going and where you go to school and things like that. You look at what they did with that. I mean, it's amazing that people can't see it. I mean, we, so many things lost during the civil rights movement. So many freedoms were lost during the civil rights movement. They shouldn't have been lost. 
That was North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, the state's first black lieutenant governor, and the GOP frontrunner for the 2024 gubernatorial race. Repeatedly lambasted the so-called, that's in quotation, 1960 civil rights movement, lamenting that so many freedoms were lost during the civil rights movement. In a CNNK file review of his media appearances over the last five years, Robinson baselessly claimed that the civil rights movement was a communist plot to subvert capitalism and used to subvert free choice and where you go to school and things like that. Robinson made many of the comments on the podcast Politics and Prophecy uh, with, Cro- with host Chris Levels on Freedomizer Radio, a station whose slogan says, Freedomists, Freedomizing, Freedom. Levels is a conspiracy theorist who has shared 9-11 truther posts on Facebook, called the Olympics an Illuminati event from Satan, and shared posts saying Jews control nearly everything in society. Robinson's previously unreported comments criticizing the civil rights movement starkly contrast the rhetoric he recently espoused, highlighting his hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina, as an epicenter of the civil rights movement. Greensboro was home to the Woolworth. Who remembers Woolworth? Remember that store? <laughs> Woolworth. Okay. Um, anyway, let me get back to it. So Greensboro was home to the Woolworth lunch counter sit-in protests in 1960, started by four black students, one of whom Clarence Henderson Robinson later befriended after launching his political career. Oh, by the way, he is the same one who said a couple weeks ago that reparations is not owed to black people if anything black people owes the slaves yeah anybody here from north carolina anybody supporting him in north carolina no okay if we take a look at our political representatives what is the state of this country. I mean, from being intellectually bankrupt to sometimes you wonder, I don't even understand. Politics is the only profession you could go into without having any experience, any criteria, any, there is nothing required. As a matter of fact, you could just make, like Santos, you could just make up your entire profile, you could change your life. And, and you win. It's amazing. You could just tell a story, say it is true, even if everything is factually wrong. And people say, oh, I could understand his point. <laughs> this, I don't know. This, this is crazy. Some of these people, how do they get elected is beyond me. It is... <laughs> It's past crazy. It is past crazy. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we have business and tech news. Uh, There is one story. Uh, Oh, Dre's in here. I had sent it to Dre. It's so interesting. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I'm to laugh or I'm to cry. Uh, Portia is replacing gasoline with air and water. (laughs) 
And I think you should all know why I'm fine, why I'm laughing and the hypocrisy in this world, huh? Oh boy. First you go be the bad guy, then you go be the actor. Because I want to feed my family, now you make me sit my own guy laptop. Came out alive, but mommy has thank God. My money be, you go need the instructor. If it be say you want carry my ways, you go need new Jimmy instructor. Straight out of Benin, I drop in my EP. 2019, they think say big you go finish. My music is traveling from India to Asia to Berlin. This thing will be pay me. Be say una no one be believe. I will never forget this. And we back belay them cause all say we fast forward to today. Every day in a holiday. Every day say na holiday. Oh yeah, day, oh yeah, day, 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 day. Oh. Guys, we did you with the pop 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 Say we know the ball up. Say my circle, check a boss. We go give you last girl check up. Make you know yes, A big thank you to everyone listening on the quality music zone, QMZRadio.com, and everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. everyone right here with me on clubhouse i appreciate you thank you for the conversation thank you for your comments and this justin so cnn leadership is under fire after the disastrous trump town hall meeting are we surprised all right we're gonna go ahead and get back to business because we still have quite a few stories to get through 
It's time for business and tech news. First up, Dre. Oh, Dre's back. Did you see this one, Dre? (laughs) Porsche is replacing gasoline with air and water. Yes. The automaker has filled up a 911 or 911 for the first time with a new synthetic fuel created out of thin air and water. The e-fuel was developed by a company called Highly Innovative Fuels that the automaker has invested in as a hedge against being forced to go all electric in the zero carbon future. The company makes the fuel at a wind-powered plant in Punta Arenas, Chile, near the tip of South America. That's where the wind blows an average of 270 days per year. So somebody put in the comments, this is on um, Instagram, breaking news, the whole company of Porsche kills themselves via two gunshots to the back of the head. Who's going to tell him? Then somebody else said, didn't they kill? Mm, Never mind. So somebody else said, wasn't there an African-American man who brought this technology to the market and they turned him away? Hmm. (laughs) And then somebody else said, oh, they're going to start charging for air and $5 gallons of water. (laughs) Another person said, RIP to the engineer. One more said, Porsche executives mysteriously disappeared or have committed suicide. But, yeah, wasn't there a guy in Africa who invented this or came up with this concept? Or was the person here in the States? Go ahead, Dono. I'm certain I heard something. Oh, I saw some article about that. Some guy with Africa. Mm. You have to go back and look for it. I'm not sure. Yeah, we need to look for that story because it's not Porsche's idea. Or Porsche's idea. <laughs> yes, it's out of Africa. Thank you, Marlon. Uh, some guy out of Africa did it. It was all over the internet, but he mysteriously got this. He disappeared. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's out of Africa. Pure water too. He was using just pouring water in the tank and using it, and it, it worked. Yeah, because I think there was he was having problems finding funding and scaling or something like that. But I have to look for it. I'm not sure. Yeah, we need we need to, we need to dig for this one. How much water does it take, though? We need more. We need more information on this. This hmm. one I just came across this, and the truth is, Dre, I did not um do much digging. Time is not on my hand, on my in my favor sometimes. Otherwise, I would have done more. So, yeah, it's it's something for us to look more into. Because I know this was not the origination of Porsche. We know that. Yeah, I remember. I remember um, 
was it was it the, the African do that? Was it like three years ago or something? It wasn't that long ago. Hmm. It wasn't actually that long ago. But you see, they could really do better, you know, it's just this is just an oil fuel earth that we live in. Because if you remember back in the days, right, they used to use water to fuel electricity. So just an old concept that came back and they want to keep us in the dark. We don't need to buy all this gas. But I don't think that that vehicle is going to see the light of day, though. You think so? <laughs> Never. <laughs> hmm. It may if somebody get a patent for water. So everybody <laughs> have to pay them royalties. You never know. So somebody else in the comment put, an American in the 90s, I believe, I'm quoting this, I'm reading what they posted, I believed, invented a water power engine. Everything was going well and the small prototype car worked with 20 gallons of water. You could drive a long distance. The guy was even in the news, but sadly, he mysteriously died. Another person said, didn't the security guard in the mass shooting invent something like this? Not sure if it was the Buffalo incident. Hmm. Um, and then somebody else said, after they killed the black man that came up with this tech. So a lot of people are remembering, right? And they're not hesitating to put it there that this did not originate with Porsche. Porsche is German, isn't it? German engineering. Yeah. JetBlue has a new reward program. They're offering free beverages and flight upgrades and early boarding. So according to Bala Alert, in an effort to enhance the experience of occasional flyers, the low-cost airline is revamping its elite mosaic loyalty system, dividing it into four tiers. Customers can now collect tiles. Tiles. Oh, well, yeah, that would make sense. Mosaic uh, to progress through the levels and unlock additional rewards, enabling travelers who fly, who fly infrequently to enjoy an elevated journey with JetBlue. Members of the new True Blue program will have the ability to monitor their ad advancement across the tiers as they acquire additional towels. By making qualifying purchases through JetBlue, its vacation program, and American Airlines flights through the airline's partnership, customers can earn one tile for every $100 spent. Okay, so how else does it work? I need more information. So anybody here flies with the JetBlue? Recommends JetBlue. I think, did I fly with them once? I fly with them a couple of times, going to the Caribbean. Uh, the service is pretty good to me. I like I like flying with them, but any programs that require to get miles, tiles, or whatever you put it, is just subjective. Because what they will do, they just keep moving the goalposts. So you never really know how much tiles you need. You might need 10 tiles today, and tomorrow is 20. Mm. and so on so they will just keep it to a point where you think you're doing good but you're always just on the brink okay is it me or is it clubhouse why am i seeing two donnells okay clubhouse get it together i'm seeing two. donald are you here two times <laughs> i don't know i didn't realize i can clone myself that, that's progress <laughs> I'm seeing two Donalds, folks. 
You know who I'm not seeing? I'm not seeing Marlon. So, Donald, you replaced Marlon. Wow, you got powers. Thank you, Clubhouse. No, no, that, that was an experiment we're doing in the background. That, that wasn't supposed to come out more um, <laughs> moments. <laughs> Marlon and I are working on something oh, here. At least it works. <laughs> so, okay, folks, this is weird because Marlon just spoke, but it was Donald that spoke for me. All right, I'm going to leave the app, but I'm going to come back. Because <laughs> I don't know what the heck is going on here. Oh, Lord. Hold on. Let me Who's voice did you hear? I heard Marlon's voice, but I'm seeing Donald's picture. I'm seeing two Donalds. It happens. Refresh your page. <laughs> All right, let me, let me. I'm still seeing two Donalds. Donald, hold on. Let me. I'm gonna leave and come right back. To my listeners on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com, please. I apologize to my listeners online. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Don't know what kind of trick you play. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Okay, it's fixed. <laughs> A two for one. <laughs> Donald and Marlon, whatever you two are doing, figure it out. <laughs> that was supposed to be a social experiment. Oh, Lord. Hold on a second. As you say that, I have to jump to this story. Uh, first babies born in Britain using DNA from three people. Y'all heard about that one? <laughs> so according to the Associated Press, Britain's fertility regulator on Wednesday confirmed the births of the UK's first babies that were created using an experimental technique combining dna from three people and this was done in an effort to prevent the children from inheriting rare genetic diseases wow the human fertilization and embryology authority said fewer than five babies have been born this way in the uk but did not provide further details to protect the family's identities the news was first reported by the guardian newspaper in 2015 the uk became the first country to adopt legislation regulating methods to help prevent women with faulty Okay, here, here we go. Come on now. Um, where Virginia at? Where's Sonetta at? Okay. Uh, mitochondria. Tell me I got that right. <laughs> the energy source in a cell from passing defects onto their babies. The world's first baby born using the technique was reported in the U.S. in 2016. Thank you, Jack Bett. The genetic defects can result in diseases such as muscular dystrophy. Dystrophy. I hope I got that right. Epilepsy, heart problems, and intellectual disabilities. About one in 200 children in Britain is born with a mitochondrial disorder. That's a lot. One in 200? How many children are born in... Um, how many children are born in Britain in a year? 
Hmm, that one in 200 would suffer from that disorder. To date, 32 patients have been authorized to receive such treatment. Anybody familiar with this um, study that was going on and that this actually became reality? Being able to use the DNA of a third person? I find it a little scary. Is, is, is they out of her, the third person, male or female? Did they specify? No. Should should we have concerns? I don't know. I just know naturally, um, very rarely, two different sperm can fertilize one egg, but it doesn't survive most of ninety uh, percent of the time. It doesn't survive. So that's what I was asking. Hmm. Yeah, but Dre, there are cases of it surviving before, though. Yeah, there's cases like a one percent. Yeah, 1%. yeah. There's there yeah. was a story years Very ago low. with 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 that happening, with the yes. one um child, two dad. Wasn't that in the UK too, James? No, in the US. It was in the US. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let me just respond to a text message real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know. I have questions about that. I have issues with that. I don't know. Um, what if in trying to solve one issue, you create another? I don't know. Yeah, and then sometimes if you create another issue, you're not going to know until like years or decades down the line, right? So that's the issue. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, I have concerns. I really do have concerns about that. But anyway, um, Google. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Donald. Go ahead. Yeah. The thing is, the issue with some of this controversial stuff is that they will tell you all the, the good things about what they're doing, but they will be very skimpy on what could possibly go wrong or the, or the, the flip side. So it's something like, like the FedNow system. They tell you all the great things when it could be transferred now, but they don't tell you about the control. You know, so stuff like that. I'm always really kind of skeptical. And then you're looking at who is doing it and the reason they're doing it. Sometimes it's really not to do with helping people to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So wh when do we cross the line? You know, where do we cross the line? I should say. Anyway, I'm here for a time. <laughs> we ain't going to be here forever. <laughs> we just passing through. So people are going to do things um, that, and I guess, you know, we're like our parents though, because I'm sure when we, so when we were talking about certain things or when certain things came into being, our parents thought the world was going to end. Oh my God, this is crazy. Now we're going through, we, we are at the level of our parents, right? Go right ahead. Yeah, one other thing to that, because a curious mind is a good mind, but it can be a dangerous mind too. And, yeah. you know, they do it, like you see the experiment with, with dogs and stuff like that, crossbreeding and... and and you see people look at it and like, oh, that's so cute and this is so thing. But um, you have to think that at some point, what if they say like, okay, we're going to crossbreed like a goat and a sheep and then we're going to try and, and do like a cat and a dog. And, and then 
you know, there's no end to it. So, yeah, it, a curious mind can be good, but dangerous too. Yeah, 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 definitely. All right, so Google is giving its dominant search engine an artificial intelligence makeover. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. So on Wednesday, Google disclosed plans to infuse its dominant search engine with more advanced artificial intelligence technology. A drive that is in response to one of the biggest threats to its long-established position as the Internet's main gateway. A gradual shift in how Google's search engine runs is rolling out three months after Microsoft's Bing search engine started to tap into technology similar to that which powers the artificially intelligent chatbot ChatGPT, which has created one of Silicon Valley's biggest buzzes since Apple released the first iPhone 16 years ago. It's that it's been that long. Who remembers the iPhone being so small it would hold in the palm of your hand? <laughs> yes. Anyway, Google, which is owned by Alphabet, already has been testing its own conversational chatbot, chatbot called Bard, B-A-R-D. That product, powered by technology called Generative AI that also fuels ChatGPT, has only been available to people accepted from a waitlist. But Google announced on Wednesday that Bard will be available to all comers in more than 180 countries and more languages beyond English. Bard's multi multilingual expansion will begin with Japanese and Korean before adding about 40 more languages. So Google is ready to test the AI waters with its search engine. Okay. I still have not tested. Everybody here tested this chat GPT or um, dabbled with AI. I have not yet. I don't know. I, 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 at this point, I can't live without ChatGPT. I'm going to be honest. Really? So, okay, how does it work on my desktop? How does it work? Or is it only on a smart device? Educate me. Um, for me, it works better on my laptop than on my phone. Um, yeah, you just go to the website. Um, if you want to sign up, you can sign up and pay a $20 fee, but it's um, for the most part, it's free, but there are times where they shut people out, saying the server is busy or whatever. So I pay for it because I work with it every day. Um, and all you have to do is just give it a command, and it does what you want. So you could just simply write whatever you want. Like if, if it's a research, you can just put in. Um, whatever you want, and it will give you the information. Um, if you want to write a paper, you just tell them what the paper is about, and it write it for you. Um, the problem is now, they do have other AIs out there that can detect whether your work is written by an AI. You know? <laughs> yes, and, and even, even ChatGPT have one. So um, what I would do at times, what I realized, I would just write my own stuff, just the thought out of my head, just write it without any correction, drop it in there. And I say, make it better, and it make it better. And when I drop it in the other program, it shows that I wrote it, which I did, right? So um, just give it a command and do what you want. I use, I, I use the next something named um, Mid Journey, and that's more for graphics. 
And I just put in what I want it to um, produce for me. And it just spit it out. And it gave me four different options, and I just choose one. So it just made my work easier, my work faster. And um, Google is also coming out with something. Well, they're coming out with the, I know that you just mentioned this, but if you know anything about Google Workspace, it's coming out with the whole workspace. So I just can't wait for the Google Slides because I have to make a lot of PowerPoint presentation, which I hit. And I saw a commercial where Google is coming out with their slides where you just put in what you want and it made the entire presentation for you. So it just made my work faster. Make your work Okay, so I have a lot of catching up to do. Go ahead, Donald. Just download. What's, what's download. The, graphics, the graphics one, Dre? Dre. Oh, he got a call. He got a call. Mm, interesting. All right. Um, Donald, again, I'm seeing two of you and I'm not seeing Marlon. I don't know what you two are doing, but stop okay dre uh donald had a question for you yeah i'm back yeah donald no i remember it's mid journey yeah mid journey so if you 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 want graphics or whatever and stuff like that um these things too i also use at my discretion so like for mid journey sometime i would design stuff myself sometime i'll go on fiverr or upworks and pay somebody to do it for me. And sometimes I use mid journey, um, depending on what I want. So it depends sometimes on my workload. That imagine imagine so going with, on Fiverr and then the guy on Fiverr just use mid journey and send that to you, right? Yeah. And send you a hefty bill. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but the thing with me, um, when I go on Fiverr and those places, I always ask for the source files and mid journey don't give us source files file so they will have to actually design something i was actually source oh, file okay, just okay, in okay, case okay, that okay. i want to make changes because like i hate the back and forth back and forth you know and i just always ask for the source files but yeah i, I thought about that <laughs> hmm. i thought about that so but, um good thing to experiment with good things to good thing to know because that's where the world is going so incorporate it in your work because trust me, like when you go in these workspaces now, some places not going to allow it, but some place going to ask if you know to use these tools. So let me ask you a question because I'm listening to you, Dre, and I'm listening to Donald. With chat GPT, will that eventually eliminate the need for us to outsource, um, anything for example will we even need administrative assistance will executives need administrative assistance considering that they'll be able to just tap into chat gpt or no you're still going to need somebody else you still you're still going to need somebody else because if you look at the executive does the executive have time some of them do down? some of them do yeah if they do some of them do so i, I was just going to get into that so what I'm saying now, is the executive really going to have time to sit down and do that? If he has the time to sit and do that, that means he's not ready for administrative assistant as yet. But at some point, that executive, as the business grow, going to need a, um, um, an administrative assistant. So look at it this way, right? Mm -hmm. 
your dream is to start a, a clothing store, right? Mm-hmm. But it's easy for you to start a store on Shopify. Right. Right? It's easy for you to get your graphics and thing on Fiverr. That right. does not eliminate the job um, of a graphic designer. It doesn't eliminate the job of a mom and pop store, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just where you start. As your business grow now and you get larger, then now you're ready for uh, a brick and mortar. Then you're ready to hire a graphic designer because these things you can't do yourself. So certain jobs just is not going to go away. So you're still going to need an administrative assistant at some point in time as your business grow. Mm-hmm. And it's good that the administrative assistant now, that's what I'm saying, you have to learn how to use these things because as the administrative assistant, I'm going to ask if you need, if you, if, if you know to use ChatGPT now because it will make your workflow more easier, faster, you know? Oh, um, you see. hold on right there, so Hold on right there, so Now, hold on one second, Dre. So now, because of ChatGPT, you're going to expect me to pump out three times the amount of work for the same pay. Is that where we're headed? No, I, I, I'm not saying that. It's just that, all right, so it's not three times, but <laughs> you ever sit down, you ever sit down doing one task that take like two hours and you wish like you could have done it in half an hour? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Like instead I sit two hours doing this, I could get it done in half an hour. Shoot, I could get it done in five minutes, right? That just makes, it, it just makes you more productive. All right, so that's the good side. And I'm going to play devil's advocate and look at the bad side. So whereby I would have, say, four assistants. Now I only need two assistants, possibly just one eventually. Because now mm-hmm. if, you, if you can take it down from two hours to half an hour, right? Now I can put more workload on one person because there is the technology that is going to help them expedite the workload so i don't need the others so isn't that good for you as a business that you save money (laughs) but if everybody so what's going to end up happening is that we're going to be top heavy meaning you're going to have so many people without jobs what's going to happen to them and who if everybody's without a job who buys the product that i'm making this is the thing, Bobet. I to always be hear people. I always hear people say technology would take away jobs. I'm yet to see this day that technology really take away jobs. Hmm? Yes. No. No. Listen to me carefully. Right. There's so many technology that came out, and we 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 get scared. Like it's gonna take the job. Gonna take the job. No. It just reorganize stuff. Right. It just make things different. Okay. Just learn to use the technology. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, remember the the, the the chaos now that they have in the airport. They say you're not going to need, like, um, people at the counter anymore to check you in or whatever, 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 mm-hmm. right? A lot of those people have jobs. A lot of those people work somewhere else in the industry or doing something else. Like, there will always be jobs. Okay. So when technology come out, just get on top of it, mm-hmm. learn it, and you'll be okay, oh. right? If it's, if it's, if it's, if it's AI... And you scared that AI gonna take jobs? Learn how to create AI then. It just show that the market is shifting. So at this point in time, where are we at? 
you can't just be comfortable doing one thing or just, just just stuck in your mind that like um um i'm 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 a tv host right right and i only work on television uh-huh i don't want no other job than hosting my show on a network if that's your mindset you're not gonna have a job not gonna have a job. you have to realize that there's youtube out there there's clubhouse out there right so you have to like know all the tools right so it's a matter yeah. of learning how to pivot and incorporate what's available and you know move with the tide so to speak right exactly because the world is constantly changing right and i i used to have that mindset where um i'm good with what i'm doing and and that's it but as soon as i get in like the like in tech and marketing i really enjoy that space because um before i used to get bored okay i used to do something get bored change to something else get bored but being in the tech and the marketing space like there is always something for me to learn and i realized like i'm never freaking bored because there's always something new oh, and okay. i always have to learn it sometimes some of these things stick sometimes they don't stick but it just keep me on my toes right so everything is just going to change 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 today's clubhouse tomorrow is something else facts all right thank you so much dre for being um so in depth <laughs> so folks the message the ultimate message here is do not be afraid to embrace technology times are changing and we have to know how to change with the times all right gotta keep it moving here okay. i gotta keep it moving james i'm so sorry so there is a foldable phone and a new tablet with lots of ai and google has been unveiling that so check them out according to cnn google on wednesday unveiled its latest lineup of hardware products including its first foldable phone and a new tablet as well as plans to roll out new ai features to its search engine and productivity tools. The updates announced at its annual Google I.O. developer conference came as the company is simultaneously trying to push beyond its core advertising business with new devices while also racing to defend its search engine from the threat posed by a wave of new AI-powered tools. And in our health segment, if you are 40, no longer 50, folks. It is time to start mammograms, according to new guidelines. Story courtesy of NPR. So breast cancer is very treatable when caught early. And mammograms, which are X-ray images of breasts, are a reliable screening test to detect it. Now, new draft recommendations released on Tuesday from the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force urges all women to get screened every other year starting at age 40. So remember, it used to be um, 50 and then they said 44. Well, now it is 40. All right. So get yourselves checked, ladies. Next up, sleep apnea. Lack of sleep, deep sleep is linked to damage in the brain. Hmm. So when I saw this a couple of days ago, I said, I wonder if that has anything to do with the mental state of our folks in this country. Very well may. Uncontrolled sleep apnea disorder. You know something, I do have a soundbite for it. Let me play that. 
I think we do, if I'm not mistaken. Sleep apnea. Huh. Well, I thought I did. No, I don't. All right. So, uncontrolled sleep apnea, a disorder in which people stop breathing for 10 seconds or more to, at a time, multiple times a night, may harm future brain health. And that's according to a new study. It is estimated 936 million adults worldwide between the ages of 30 and 69 may suffer from sleep apnea with many more people undiagnosed. If the sleep apnea is severe and untreated, people have three times the risk of dying from any cause. People with severe sleep apnea who spent less time in deep, also known as slow wave sleep, had more damage to the white matter of the brain than people who had more slow wave sleep. That's according to the study. Interesting. For every 10% decrease in time spent in deep sleep, there was an increase of white matter hyperintensities in the brain, similar to the effect of being 2.3 years older. Wow. That's interesting. Well, no treatment exists for such changes in the brain, they say. What we need to do is find ways to prevent them from happening or get worse. So how do we deal with sleep apnea? Is anyone here familiar with sleep apnea, suffers from sleep apnea, knows someone who has sleep apnea or suffers from sleep apnea, and how do they get through it? Anyone? CPAP machine. CPAP machine. That's the only way, son. That's the only way I know so far. They give you. They want you to make sure you're oxygenated, so you'll have this thing pumping oxygen into you all night long. Um, and uh, that's the only thing I know so far. Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised if there's medication, but I only know that like everyone gets diagnosed with CPAP with um, sleep apnea, and everyone gets this lovely device on the side of their bed. <laughs> so that's, that's a lovely device. I've seen pictures of the machine, and I would not want to be living that way. It sucks. Wow. I have one. No, who you have sleep apnea? I don't. I snore, right? Oh, I snore so you too. go to you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, "Let's do a sleep study." And sleep studies when they they give you this machine to sleep with at night, um, for maybe one night or two nights. I forgot how many it was. And then they read through the results, and they say, "Oh, you stop breathing here. Oh, you stop breathing there." And they like then they'll say how much sleep apnea you have or how little sleep apnea you have. Then they say, "Here's this machine. You'll have to buy this for your home." And you have to sleep with it every night or, you know, you could stop breathing and not wake up. Oh. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I don't mind me. I always make fun of everything. No, anyway, no, no. Um, <laughs> we have to lighten so, it. Have to lighten it. It's, it's, it's annoying. I have yet to find a really good mask. You put it on your nose. I have one for my nose. I have one that goes on my nose and my mouth. And, um, and, and like, it still shifts a little bit so that then the partner in the bed is annoyed because they're hearing snoring still. The other, the other thing is like to lose a significant amount of weight is, is another treatment perhaps. Like they, they sometimes, but, but it's not, um, not everyone who has sleep apnea is overweight, but they like to say if you're any bit overweight, they're, they're, that's the other thing. I forgot about that. Weight loss. Yeah. But, okay. 
All right. Interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sunit, for sharing that. All right. Got to keep it moving. So let me just squeeze in this headline. CDC investigating the possible resurgence of monkeypox amid dozens of new cases in the U.S. So be careful, folks. There's a CDC alert. Monkeypox in the U.S. All right. And we're going to be nice about it. Uh, Also... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I'm to laugh or I'm to cry. Let me just read this headline and we can talk about it after I wrap up on air. So Nick Cannon says he ends up in bed with whichever baby mama calls him that day. You know what, Nick Cannon? Go get your life. Um, Yeah, let me do the on air wrap up and then we'll be right back. If it will play. It doesn't want to play. Stamina, stamina, you gon' need more stamina. Oh, you're at the moment now. Make I know, say you cover me now. So many things I could do to you. If only you give me the permission to give me the permission. Are you hearing me? Okay, all right. Thank you. A big thank you to everyone that tuned in online. The Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Don't forget to download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Of course, I have to give a big thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. Thank you for lending your voice. Thank you for the great conversation. Thank you for sharing your thoughts via the chat or via back channel. Appreciate you all. We're grateful for the, you know, the views and the opinions and perspectives and the great conversation. Whatever you plan to do, wherever you, whatever, wherever you plan to go, I do ask that you please be safe. To my listeners on QMZ Radio and Jano Radio, this was a Moments With Me Media Production. Moments With Me, signing out. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Catch you Monday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern.